Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Uticast episode 254, and uh, today, not really a special episode, but we are celebrating our six-year anniversary of the very first Maiden Utica post. So we brought in uh, Justin, who's going to be here a lot, obviously, but he's going to talk about why Maiden Utica got started, where his head was, and what it looks like now compared to what he thought it would be six years ago. Uh, also this week, we'll talk about updates with the coronavirus, we'll talk about uh, Matt, my master's graduation, which I think is is here. It's here. It's on us, I think. Uh, some lightning round questions, some interesting casting choices in the world of media, all that, folks, and so much more. Uh, keep safe out there. Keep safe for the folks who are important with you, and as always, we are happy to have you here. Hello! Funny is whenever well, I, I, I tell people, I tell people all the time, on every Monday, Sam's around the house. <laughs> la, 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 like my vocal warm up is essentially <laughs> that's it. That's all I really do is just like cough loudly. And you know what happens? I'll do the whole show, and then we'll get to the end, and then I'll record the intro, mm -hmm. and then for whatever reason, the intro I'm always out of breath. I'm always like, "Hey there, folks!" I don't know why. I don't mm -hmm. prep myself. Well, because you got to do both. You need when you're doing your vocal warm ups, right? You need mm -hmm. both strength of voice and the endurance and still the dexterity to handle your <laughs> verbs and not be stumbling mumbling over what you're saying uh welcome back to the show folks episode 254 uh six episodes away from our five-year anniversary mm -hmm. close i don't know if we're doing things I, I don't know what we could potentially do that's special or fun i mean if we're still locked up we can do whatever we want great point. you'll be done with school at that point we'll be i mean i think well, i think my entire summer gigging season is probably canceled so we got some time mm. it's very good it was some time Maybe we'll just start doing a free jam. We'll start recording two hours of free jam every week. Mm. Just playing. I just saw a cool thing today. I don't know if you saw this. just popped into my head. Um, the Stanley is doing a thing. Mm. They've got a thing going on where people can send in. They're working with uh, some other people, a couple different companies. But they got a yeah. thing where people like uh, singer-songwriters or you know whoever, performers, can send in their songs. Like send in a video of your song. And if you win... You get like I think like a thousand bucks, and yeah. they'll let you record a song up at Big Blue North Recording Studio, or our buddies who've been in the pod before. Mm. So I just saw uh, that today, but I thought that was really cool, and it's just uh, the money's good. from friends of the Stanley. Just you know, keep people busy, something to do during these times. Maybe we'll convince Parkinson to set up a rig for us, and we'll record something. We'll do a little two two man set. Or something. Mm, we gotta fun. find a song. We got any hits? We got, uh, I got the originals. We could do. Mm, there we go. We got songs there we, we can play. There we go. Uh, a couple things before we get into the show this week. Uh, Justin, of course, is on uh, again. As I mean, you'll see mm. a lot of Justin, unfortunately, or well, fortunately or unfortunately. <laughs> look, I love talking to him, but I look—he's my close buddy, and I love talking to him. I never can tell how much our enjoyment of having a conversation with each other translates to the audience's enjoyment. Mm. It's, I don't know what the one-to-one mm. -one ratio is. You guys, I mean, you guys definitely take the Robert Frost poem "Road Less Traveled" to heart sometimes, <laughs> conversationally. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got no problem getting off the beaten path. Uh, but we did have a reason to talk. It is essentially the the six-year anniversary of the start of Maiden Utica, which is crazy. That's a long time. Well, you you know we've talked about it before, I'm sure, but you were around for the beginning, and I asked yeah, Justin yeah, this yeah. question. Six years on, from your perspective, is Maiden Utica what you expected it would be, or is it something totally different? Um, no, it's totally different. I mean, mm. even the sense that it becoming more focused around like a live experience and stuff with the park, 
was nothing that was ever conceived of. Right. Um, I never thought, to be quite honest with you, I didn't know that the group would be lucky enough to have Katie come in and be huge addition. The, I mean, you yeah. know, become the <laughs> become the star of the show. You know yeah, what I mean? Like the really. Leslie Note, for lack of a better term. Like Katie came in and has put and poured so much into it that we never could have imagined made Utica start, and it was just you know me and Justin and Mark and whoever. Now I'm thinking about casting the Parks and Rec cast as the Maiden Utica cast. That would make Ron. Oh, you haven't thought that out already? No, I've never oh, thought yeah, of this yeah, before. Yeah. Who's Ron? Justin? What? Is Justin Ron? You ask him. <laughs> yeah, does that make me Tom Haverford? <laughs> who am I? Who am I? If I ask you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's like one to one. I don't know how that works. It's t- you can't always one to one. Like yeah. for a whole like ca- like case by case. You know what? Cast for cast. Dano, my my good close friend Dan Avasado has been making fun of me for wearing Ben Wyatt's clothes for like 15 years. So I guess Ben Wyatt is one of the closer approximations I've ever seen um, on TV. <laughs> Going to yeah, the yeah, it's true. Only the only person I've ever seen on TV who reminds me more of you. I guess there's a couple, but the guy from that show, How I Met Your Mother, because Both I knew me. you for so long with very similar to hair to that, and you didn't have a beard for a long time, mm. and you and him like he looks kind of like you. Right? Every time I'd watch that show, I'd be like, oh, I'll see him. You know, it's funny. Every time there's a character, this is gonna sound weird. Every time they portray a Kevin on television, it's mm. kind of make him a little. Like the goofy guy, Kevin. Yeah, Kevin has become Kevin's yeah, especially of, the internet. Like, there's some internet legendary like, stories that have turned the name Kevin into like kind of the goon. Well, so because, I guess I'm just the goon. I don't know. Because my first thought, obviously, is like Kevin from the Office. But you don't remind me of Kevin from the Office because he's a, a bald fat idiot, right? Like, thank you. Uh, I do still have my hair. But even like a guy like Kevin on Shameless, who's a character I like, is still kind of presented as kind of an idiot. No, right? he's, a, uh, he's an idiot, but like he's doing all right. He's close. He's doing the best he can. <laughs> yeah. He's doing all right out there. Could be a lot worse. There's a lot um, worse Kevins on TV could be than Kevin from Shameless. Uh, and one of the things we talked about, Justin and I, actually, was we went back. We've been sort of rewatching certain shows from the, the TV tournament we did a few mm. episodes back. Yeah, yeah. And I'll ask you, have you seen any of these shows we've talked about in fresh eyes since then? I mean, um, I can pretend we didn't talk about this the other day about did Always we talk, Sunny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Specifically, because right. yeah, yeah, yeah. we watched that. We watched yeah. like the newest season of Always Sunny mm-hmm. since we got on the yeah. Hulu game. And um, you said it, and I agree with you, that had we watched that and then had yeah. that podcast where we talk about the shows, I, I don't remember what Always Sunny lost to, you know, or whatever it was, but... It was access to it for a long time. Well, yeah, no, I'm saying, like, I don't I don't know what it lost to in the bracket specifically. Oh, but I think it, it lost to, like, Seinfeld to the office or something pretty... pretty... At, at that point, you could still make man. that argument, but man, that's a good show. Uh, but yeah, I've been... A lot of stuff. There's so much time to watch things and get into things and revisit... I keep trying to push myself when I feel like I want to go to a comfortable old revisit show to watch something new. Yes, I'm trying to force myself out because it's so easy to go back to my favorites and just run them back. You know what I mean? Now, once now that I have some higher confirmation from my from the other end that I have indeed completed most of the things I need to complete and everything seems to be wrapped up nicely on my education end. Yeah, yeah. Succession is happening. I don't know if it's mm. going to happen tonight after Monday Night Raw. I don't know if it's going to happen tomorrow morning if I'm going to get up and like. Power through season two of Succession, but I got I gotta watch it. That's yeah. my yeah, you do. That's on my list mm-hmm. of things. Did you see the second season? Already? I'm in there. I have seen the second season of Succession. Yeah, I would, I would gladly watch the second season of Succession <laughs> again and with you. Uh, and so Justin's been here last. You know, he came this morning to do the interview. Mm. And for the last couple of weeks, I've been now. It's something you may have picked up during the interview if you remember our discussion. <clears throat> Justin's not a big fan of The Sopranos. He's not a fan of The Sopranos. Not no. as, I'll tell you what, though. Over the last few weeks, I've been chipping away at him. 
showing him like clips and talking about certain characters. Oh, I've been just, seeing. I've been seeing you. Like this morning, I see I, what you're doing. I hit him this morning. I heard you. Let me tell you, I heard you this morning. <laughs> yeah. I was awake and I was in my room. I hadn't come out yet, and I heard you side working him on Sopranos and like Richie showing April. him stuff. And I was like, yeah, yeah the Richie April. Richie line. April. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think he's coming around a little bit on it. And I don't think he's. I don't think he mm-hmm. likes it, but he seems less angry about it. Um, it's really easy, especially when shows, and I bet this would be the opposite for Game of Thrones with guys like you and me. It's easy when shows are so big and so famous Mm. and so known Mm -hmm. to get an idea of what you think they are or reduce it down to a certain idea that might not be representative or indicative of the show. And, you know, if you're somebody who makes kind of snap judgments Mm -hmm. on stuff and never looks back, um, you do sort of miss some things and you have to kind of soft approach it like that where you're like, no, this is not... I understand you don't like it, but what you think it is is not what it is. So take a look at what the, yeah. the thing actually is. Um, so I also shared something with Justin I'm going to share with you. I have a new thing for coronavirus content that I didn't talk about last week, but it's something I found. It's a website. Okay. It is a website called notstarring.com, and it is essentially a database of movies and actors uh, that have turned down roles or who would have had roles and things, right? Oh, that's cool. So I talked with Justin to get, uh, in the interview, too. We talked about Sean Connery and all the crazy big-time movies. Love Sean Connery. Dude, he's passed on some of the biggest movies in history. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's uh, wild. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you got me thinking about Rob Lowe, because you mentioned Rob Lowe has a podcast coming out. Did you know that Rob Lowe lost out to Billy Zane in Titanic? He could have been the Billy Zane character. Mm. And Billy Zane got the role over him. I think I that's a miss. I didn't know that. I think that's kind of... didn't know Is that. Rob Lowe too distracting in that role? He might be. He might be. A little too charismatic. They talked about that. I heard him on a podcast recently. That's how I know about his podcast because he was out promoting it. Um, and he was talking about how he originally, um, they wrote the show Nip Tuck for him. Mm-hmm. And how he, like, they didn't even bother pitching it to him because, like, FX never had shows at that time. It was right. like, they didn't think they could get him. And he had watched and he came to the guy years later. He's like, I just want to play something like this character, Nip Tuck. The guy's like, oh, my God, you didn't know I wrote that for you. And also, he was supposed to be on Grey's Anatomy, but he passed on that. He was going to be the main guy. Really? That's what he was saying. He's like, I think it would have been the show wouldn't have been as big as it was because it would have been too distracting. Well, this is an even wilder one. Apparently, he auditioned several times for the main role in the movie Footloose. Mm. He actually won the role and then pulled his knee and it took him mm. out of the running, and then Kevin Bacon got the job. Wild. Wild times. Yeah, there's a lot of cool sliding doors moments if you go to this notstarring.com website that I definitely am really enjoying. I always so. remember the big ones. We've probably talked about them at some point in the show, but the Will Smith ones. Oh, Will yeah. Smith was supposed oh, to be man. Neo in The Matrix, and he was going to be Django and Django Unchained. <laughs> uh, so before we get into... I do have some coronavirus stuff to talk about because there was some interesting news that came out today uh, mm-hmm. just before this podcast started. But uh, I wanted to take a minute to talk with you because you've been sort of dealing with me and personal quarantine for the last three days because I've been completing the final field work and commentary and my teacher profile mm-hmm. for my master's degree. Yeah, yeah. Which, essentially, my graduation was supposed to be this week. Yeah. And it, I guess... Certainly not. I mean, I just mean, I guess I'm graduated. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't know what yeah. the, I, the... It yeah. doesn't feel like I've accomplished anything because of the, the circumstances, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, we're here. I guess you made this, it. the long journey is Almost. finally... I mean, this week. <laughs> so I'll, I'll share a story with some people out there because this is a very human moment. Um, hmm. And I have to give you some preamble. So my assignments, I had a big, giant, I three 10-page single-space papers to write. Mm-hmm. If you combine the total of those papers, that is twice as long as the thesis I wrote to graduate from, to get my bachelor's degree. So this is intensive work. Yeah, yeah. And unlike my bachelor's degree, which was a fun 18-page narrative story about the fall of 
uh, Nicaragua under the Sandino dynasty. Or the, yeah, yeah. This was a very dry 30 plus pages of very deep personal commentary about myself as a teacher, my flaws, <laughs> all the things I'm doing wrong, how I can correct them uh-huh. is really. Sounds like torture. Everyone we've talked to who I've brought this story up to be like, what's this assignment you're working on? I tell them that's almost generally 100% yeah, yeah. of the answer. Yeah, yeah. This is... Yeah. Sounds terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so... You're now unstoppable. You've confronted the... You've confronted yeah. yourself on video for 30 hours. Uh, Great power. So, uh, my... I work in this way. When I was writing my thesis years ago, what I would do is, it was you know, if I want to make a 30-page paper, mm-hmm. okay, I'll do three pages a day for 10 days or a page and a half a day for 20 days or whatever. I, I like to space things out. So up until last weekend, last Friday, before you know this week started, I walked into it and said, okay, this stuff is due on Thursday. I have six days to work mm-hmm. on this stuff. I have you know one 10-page paper to write. And i got to do some portfolio work. It should take me a couple days, but if I pace it out, I'll be good. You know, podcast, I can take care of that. I get, I'm texting with a friend of mine who's in this program on Friday night. And she said, how'd you finish up with all your stuff? I said, oh, I'm not finished quite yet. I got a couple more things to do, but we're in great shape. You know what I mean? Great, great shape. Right. And and she just goes, oh, you're not done already? I mean, I turned, I, I mean, I'm not done either, but I think we were supposed to have turned this in already. It's like the last day of May. And I, it's 1130 at night on a, on a Friday, right? I'm just like, oh no, oh no. And now I'm like having an 1150 in the evening panic attack. Because mm-hmm. now I've, now I've, like, I've, I've spiraled. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, I think I've, I've fucked this whole thing up. I blew it, I blew it, right? So, here's the crazy thing that I do. I go searching through my phone at 11.50 at night to find the phone number, the personal phone number, of a guy who works at Utica College who answers some of my questions sometimes. I called this man in his home at midnight on a Friday. This man does not know me, like, on a personal level. <laughs> and he's just like... I'm like, hi, is this, you know, so-and-so? And he's like, why? I was like, oh, listen, buddy, I got to talk to you. But I had a pretty minor panic attack because of it on Friday night. Yeah, I noticed because, so from my end, what happened was we were watching Sopranos. We were hanging out. We are like, oh, yeah, one last episode. You were specifically like, one last episode, then I'm going to do some work, go to bed, I got to get up early. And it was like a season finale episode, like season five finale. Yeah. We had been talking about leading up to like this last Something period. I was waiting for specifically. People getting yeah. whacked and you got up and in my head I'm like, oh, you know, you must have like ran back to the bathroom, something like that. Then I was just out there. And the episode ended and you can come back. I didn't know where you were. Mm-hmm. And then like it played well into the next episode. You didn't come out for like an hour. And then when you came out, you're like, so my paper's not due. And I was like, oh, wow. Uh, really took that ride. But what happened, it actually kind of worked out because I got so stressed out. That I spent the next three hours on Friday night working oh, on yeah. that paper. You cracked the whip. I gotta say, like it's it's Monday right now. It's Saturday and Sunday, Friday night. You you've been grinding. Yeah, you've been grinding. Yeah, uh, I, I essentially locked myself in that room with, like, I would occasionally leave to go get food, take a shower, mm-hmm. and then back mm-hmm. in. Even if I wasn't doing work, I just had to tie myself to my little desk corner there. So you don't get preoccupied with something else. Because even if you easy. take a break and you're sitting there, you're not around the house doing this or that, getting caught up, you know what I mean? Like, get something else, getting your attention, picking up a guitar that's sitting here, yeah. being like, oh, let me check in on like video game or whatever. For a guy who doesn't always get context clues when I throw them at them, our good friend Justin, I think he did pick up on the context clues that I was giving earlier this week that I was stressed out about this and that I needed a lot of time. Didn't mean. Mm. Yeah. He, he he had plans this weekend, but he made himself pretty scarce for a weekend yeah. when he knew I wasn't really, you know. For sure. 
Uh, well, it helped that it was the first nice weekend. First time we got some nice weather oh, so far yeah. this year. So it's positive. Yeah, and it's funny because now uh, there's a lot of coronavirus conversations going on with stuff in the news. And I think you're seeing uh, – let me ask you because I went out in public yesterday to do a couple things. Went to the gas station, went to the bank. I felt like I saw a lot of people starting to break on the social distancing yesterday. Yo, so I went for a long drive yesterday. Yeah. Um, we took one of those isolated drives mm-hmm. I was talking about. And we went up and we went and drove through like <coughs> – like the Hinkley Lake area and Grant and Prospect and like up through that little section up there, like town of Russia, town of Poland, or whatever. But if you're headed out to Hinkley Lake, a lot of people, if anybody goes out that way, you know it because you see it right on 365. Yeah. Uh, there's a big drive-in place where you go and get like burgers and dogs and ice cream and milkshakes right. and all that kind of thing. They've got you know mm-hmm. a bunch of picnic tables, a bunch of grass, all that. One of those. Yeah. It's kind of out there near like Hinkley and sort of near the lake and the beaches and camps and everything. Um, when I was coming back, driving back into town, it was probably like 7 o'clock. Sun was getting close to setting. No joke, there were 40 cars there. People were tailgating. Yeah. Just tailgate <laughs> raging. I saw little kids wrestling around on the ground with, like, mom and dad and people just all yeah. over, like, animals crawling all over one another. Yeah, but it's, I think people have reached a breaking point. People are yeah, just, they the see weather, the, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I, it, Here, it, well, here's my thing. I get it where everybody's coming from mm-hmm. on that. I oh, get yeah. reaching the breaking point, but, like, science doesn't change just mm-hmm. because you're fed up and frustrated with this situation. Correct. Very like it doesn't, so. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can't just be like, "Well, I want it to be over, so it's over." Yeah. Well, that has consequences. That doesn't change. Just you know, virus cares not for what you want. I mean, uh, it's funny too because you have to think that like it's so regionalized right now too. You know, New York is essentially still mm-hmm. on lockdown till at least the fifteenth, so yep. another at least ten days, 10, 11 days. Uh, schools are canceled, obviously. Um, but you know, news came out today that California is going to start reopening this week. Like, on Friday. Mm-hmm. And they are extending their openings to bookstores, music stores, toy stores, florists, shopping good retailers, and others can reopen as early as Friday. Those all seem like kind of non-essential things. Uh, yeah, somewhat non-essential. I mean, here's the thing. Like, any any reopening that I hear about, I would like to hear about mm-hmm. measures that, that were taken to keep people safe in that context. You know what I mean? Because like, yeah. if you, you want to open the bookstore... And everybody's wearing a mask and washing their hands as they come in, you know what I mean, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You want to have all that going on? That we can talk about, you know what I mean? But if you just want to go crawl all over each other and, like, lick strangers' faces at the beach, uh, it's a bridge too far for me. Uh, you see a lot of bad faith actors out here talking about Tons, this. Tons. More and more every day. Yeah. More and more. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't heard a non-disingenuous comment about it yet. Uh, I've heard some people who've attempted to make non-disingenuous well, I, yeah, comments. Yeah, yeah, certainly. <laughs> yeah, I just... Uh, I mean, for New York, it feels like we're still pretty far away. I'd be shocked if New York wasn't at least three weeks away from here's, anything progressive. Well, well, here's the thing. Like, where I, you know, you know, my sister's a respiratory mm, therapist. Yeah. She works at a hospital here in New York. Um, and I was talking to her about it. I'm like, you know, how's, how's things been? And she's like, they're so, it's so much better than it was two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Things have really, you know what I mean? They've calmed down. We've got like a good handle on it, this and that. And the problem is when that starts to happen, people are like, okay, well, it's doing better, so yeah. now we can, like, reopen. But, like, mm-hmm. the reason that that's happened is because of this clampdown that we've had. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we've removed ourselves and we've shut down these things is why it's better. It's not just magically better. Like, those two things are related. You know? Yes, that's so right. That's, yeah, yeah. You know, it only goes to think, yeah, things are better at the hospital because folks have locked down. If they go back out, so does this side of it. Well, I don't think it's incredibly surprising that you're seeing the highest rate of outbreaks in Wisconsin where all these protests are. It's not, it's not. 100%. Yeah, there's some science to go. I know people don't love science these days. It's not a high time for science. A lot of people do, but, you know. (laughs) It's just tough, man. I mean, we, people, I said this when when this was starting, and I think I've been pretty consistent when we speak about it. Like, this is... 
there's not going to be a point where we just hit the back to normal. That is correct. When something happens, it's not like something happens and then you revert. You know what I mean? Like, you you have a new normal and you go, like, post things happening. Like, if you think about, like, th- think about 9-11, right? After we had 9-11, we never went back to normal. We always lived in a post-9-11 yeah, society. Yeah. We now will always live in a post-coronavirus society. Mm-hmm. Whether we had a vaccine for everybody tomorrow or whether it takes three years or... Whether it's a seasonal thing we deal with for a long time, the way we used to deal with tuberculosis and typhoid and polio and, you know, you name it. Have you been following sort of the debate that's going on between the two competing politicized drugs for the coronavirus? Have you been following any of this? Like, there's two separate drugs, and apparently each side has decided that that one's the one and they don't like the other one. And it feels like that seems like the most, like, uh, insidious thing about this. Like, I... Can we just find something that works and not make it a political thing? Like, let's me- get people vaccinated and healthy if it exists. Do you well, know what I mean? I mean, they've got to make a vaccine. They don't have a vaccine at all. Well, there's the two that they're talking about. There's the remsidive, the one they're testing that's gotten good stuff. Yeah, they're yeah, testing yeah. that showed results. And yeah. there's the other thing that barely showed any tangible results. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the president the people on Fox News are pushing it and own stock mm-hmm. in the companies that make it. That's a great point. It was proven not to really work and be kind of dangerous for folks. Surprise! (laughs) Uh, I also read interesting about the Netherlands. So the Netherlands is essentially following a practice that even after this is over with, people are still going to be following the social distancing guidelines. Like, even once this is over, we might just start leaning into social distancing as the thing that sort of stays You'll definitely see some people head that way. Uh, Sweden going the other way. Sweden is the the only major country who has put no restrictions whatsoever. Mm. Sweden's just like, yep, people are going to get it. We're going to try for herd immunity. Sweden's gone the complete other way. Yeah, they just rub some dirt into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep, just suck. Yeah, wild times, man. It's really weird too because you. I feel like I wake up and I read the news, and I'm always looking for some good news. And there's usually some good news, and some. It's all up and down every time I read an article. Mm. It's not day to day. Like today's a good day, today's a bad day. It's like here's some good stuff from today, and here's some bad stuff from today. Yeah. Um. Really, it's just. I think we're gonna. It's gonna be an interesting thing to look back on, in like, you know. Yeah. Under the assumption that, you know, in, you know, sooner than later, things will go back to what we remember it like. You know what yeah, I mean? sure. If, if we believe that's the case, right? Mm-hmm. But, man, I, it's so hard to gauge the significance of moments when you're in them. Think about it all the time, right? Big time. And, and I think people are gauging that this is significant, but it just, it, I don't know. It's scary. It's still kind of scary to me, man. There's a lot, because there's a lot of room for it to get a lot more significant. Yes. People push back out there, everybody reopens. You get a second wave and fall, just like they did in 1918 when it took most mm. of the people and the vast amount of people it took were 25 to 35. Mm. You would hear a lot of tunes change very quickly if that became the case. Um, I don't know. Tough times. Yeah, so let's... It's uh, not so bad to just, like, chill and slow down and hang out no, with your people and don't spend money and go spend... You know what I mean? Like, don't yeah. go out, spend frivolous money, be a consumer... Spend time with the people you care about. I pruned the raspberry bush in our backyard yesterday. It's probably... I went outside and pruned a bush after I, after I did the dishes and a cup of coffee. And I'm standing out there pruning a bush. I'm like, look at me. Look at me out here with the bush. Who would have thought? I've always said it for years. The easiest thing, it's like, once you do little tasks during the day, you could, they add up to something meaningful. It's always a stupid thing about making your bed when you wake up in the morning. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't yeah, yeah. sound like a big deal, but mm-hmm. just making your bed in the morning is a good task to start the day that you've yeah. completed. Well, I think I think my dovetail for that is probably just find the enjoyment in the little things you're doing. You know what I mean? Like, find the enjoyment and reward in all the things. Like, take the time to, you know, savor it. Uh, before we go to this week's uh, interview with Justin, uh, I have a very, very quick uh, thanks, I hate it. Uh, in case you folks weren't already scared Coronavirus. About it. Yeah. I hate it. Uh, oh, I know what you're going to say, I bet. Yeah, I bet you I do. I know what you're going to say. Uh, in case you weren't already terrified about the world at large, uh, turns out earlier this week that uh, 
Asian giant hornets, which are sometimes known by researchers as murder hornets, mm-hmm. have arrived in the, the United States. The murder hornets have arrived in the United States. <laughs> the murder States. hornets. Uh, these insects, which are spotted by a beekeeper in Washington State in December, kill roughly 50 people a year in Japan. Yep. They could decimate the bee population in the United States. Uh, if you're looking for a good one, there's a famous video of a murder hornet getting killed by a group of bees in a hive. Mm. And it's gross and terrifying, and it will scare you to death. Horrifying. Thank you so much. Yeah, these murder Major. hornets are colossal. I hate it. Colossal. <laughs> like bigger than your thumb, I think. I don't know, I'm going to try and pull up some stats here on the murder hornets. But, like, yeah, I've been reading about murder hornets for a long time. Oh, I'm, yeah. Because I'm a sad, I'm a sad, scared person. I don't like bugs anyway. Mm. I'm like, not that I don't like bugs. I don't particularly like wasps, hornets. The Nobody dick, does. The dickhead bugs. The ones Nobody, that are... Nobody does. They're, they're, psych, they're sociopath bugs. <laughs> Those bugs kill for fun and sport. Yeah, they don't get, yeah, there's no, there's wasps no benefit. Wasps kill for sport. Oh God! I, are the murder hornets like sporting wasps? They just trying to kill you? I think they're not nice. They're hornets. Oh. Hornet doesn't want to be a friend. Uh, I can't pull up the stats, but they're, they're all over. Type in murder hornets on you'll Google, and you'll see a hundred articles. It's all over yeah. the place. Or you'll see one article copied a hundred times on a hundred different dumb sites. Yes, that yeah. is also. You'll see correct. some shit like via Huffington Post on nine hundred sites. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get into this week's interview with Justin. Uh, in typical fashion, I only told him we'd go like a half an hour and went 50 minutes. But uh, we're all over the place, but primarily we're talking about six years of Maiden Utica. If you're listening, you're locked up, so we've got to strap in and listen to it. All right, we'll be back to the show in just a moment. laptop in front of you we're gonna be doing research here on yeah the because we i don't know we <laughs> we don't have yeah, if i have to pull something up uh, for credibility so for the folks who are listening to this you obviously probably already heard me talk about this with kevin as we uh you know this we haven't recorded that session yet but i'm planning on yeah talking yeah about yeah this. nothing uh, no, yeah nothing's in order uh <laughs> matter of fact hang on one second see even now i have to make <laughs> sure that the, the mics are on make sure everything's good um i have essentially been in my room for the last, I don't know, you can call it 36, 72 hours, just sort of living out of my room, working on my final... Who realizes how much space you really don't need. <laughs> can I tell you, I never do anything in my room for, for years. Yeah. For, since we've been living in this apartment, my room is essentially a place I'll go and fall asleep and watch TV occasionally if I'm yeah. going to bed. The right? biggest of the bedrooms. That was Kevin's fault. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We flipped a coin, and he lost. It was the the, the sheer, raw fate 50, of reality. 50. Yeah, yep. the fairest of all options. Yep. It was a two-headed coin. He didn't know it. <laughs> but, no. Um, but that room, uh, I had a, a desk yeah. uh, with a lamp and, like, a computer station in that room forever, and I just never use it. I, I never... I yep. used to bring my computer out to the living room, or I'm here in the, 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 the studio recording. Mm-hmm. I never think... To work back there, and I got to tell you, I don't think I would have gotten this project done had I not had the ability to just sort of lock myself off from the world and yeah. write thirty pages about my own yeah. teaching style. Well, even even in quarantine, uh, you have almost as many distractions. If you think 
Um, I could be doing, I could be outside doing this. I could be playing a video game. I could be uh, watching this show that yeah. I need to catch up on, yeah. right? Like, you start thinking I have all the time in the world, and you, you really don't, because life still goes on, but you're like, what am I going to do? You know, and then all of a sudden you watch a whole season of a show, and you're like, oh, crap. You know what's funny, too? I was on the... I was on the subreddit today. There's a teacher's subreddit where yep. your teachers go on Reddit and talk about different stuff. And one of the teachers posted last night, some random teacher said, is it just me or are Sundays worse than ever? Because now I have so much work I have to do, all this digital stuff. And what surprised me was the range of responses. I was sort of expecting a lot of people under the comments to be like, oh, dude, same. Yeah. And a lot of people were like, no, the Sundays are great now. I don't know. Yeah, because like, have more it's, time. Yeah, yeah? It's, so I, I think it really, and even now, doing the end of this college stuff, I do not like this format of doing college, right. where I have to email people or call them if I want to talk to somebody You don't physically. trust the technology. It's not that I don't trust the technology. Do you think it's going to get lost in the mail? No. I think what it is is that I like, one of the things I enjoyed about being in school for as long as I mm -hmm. have, which is so mind-blowing to me that at the end of this week, potentially, I'm done for good, and that's yeah. it, no more school forever, yeah. Yeah. except for my job, which will be school every day for the yeah, rest yeah, of my life. Yeah. But <laughs> that's neither here nor there. I mean, from the other perspective, yeah. right? I'm having to do, like, the, yeah. Uh, oh, shit, I lost my train of thought. What was I saying? I was going to I had a point. What were we talking about? Your, uh, your... Oh, oh right. Your school so, so, up until we did the, the, up until we did the break where we had to go home... Yeah. You know, I'm going into class every week. Talking to people. I'm talking yeah. to individuals. I'm interacting with folks who are my peers, who I can have. Hey, I got questions about this assignment. What did you do on this? Right. Let me take a look at this thing and compare it to mine so I can see if this is right. I'm kind of out here on my own yeah. now. You know I mean, like, I'm using internet references about, like, this is a what a past teacher certification paper looks like. Take a look at it. And I'm essentially like, oh, okay. With your own interpretation. Yeah. My own interpretation of that. You know what I mean? It, I it's mean, tough. is that not the best way of kind of teaching? Is because you're, you're in theory, having to teach yourself on the fly, which yeah. is probably a good yeah. practical thing is where when you're in that classroom uh, two years from now and something pops up under that, you're going to have to be, all right, dissect. And, and, you know, it's almost like a better thing that you had to make a couple yeah. of, like, decisions yourself on the uh, on the fly, right? Like, you should have to interpret some of these things um, as your own thing anyway. What, what it may, I'm not great at just making a decision. Like, even yeah. last night, it was 2.30 in the morning. My entire commentary section was done. Everything was loaded and attached into the submission folder. Mm -hmm. My portfolio was done. It was all attached to the submission folder. And I struggled to, like, should I submit this? Right. Can I submit it? Like, is it ready for me to go? And I did... Only under the pretense that I found out that you can unsubmit them at any time and change Before them and then resubmit. Yeah. yeah, so it doesn't. Yeah. It's all the same. But uh, essentially, right now, I'm just. I woke up this morning really early because I was all just yeah, well, just pumped up. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, on adrenaline, I'm, I'm essentially waiting for some sort of email confirmation that people are done, that we're finished. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, see, I, I think that's going to be the interesting thing about this pandemic is the way we communicate. So, like, oh yeah. This social thing that was going on prior to this already and the idea of texting people, right? It's now being replaced by, like, <laughs> physical phone calls or FaceTiming again, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so I wonder if people are get like, uh, in the terms of a communication. So even on emails, I'm probably yeah. delaying my response because I'm getting more or more, like, requests to, like, do these things or yeah. be interactive in a meeting. And I'm just like, man, I'll get to this and I'll let you know. But, like, now I'm on a thing where it's, like, if someone wants to bring up a computer, you're just, like, do I answer? You know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't know if people are going to draw back from being on their toes as much about their digital stuff. They're kind of, like, uh, 
because it's well, now you know, everybody 20... wants to do it. Well, everybody well, wants I to think... talk or tweet at you or send you an email or text you or whatever the case is. What I think is interesting too about it is for the longest time before this, even a phone call, yeah, was considered like weird. Yep. People were like, "Why are you calling me? Why you text me? Right? right? Like, why? Yeah, yeah." <laughs> Because no, because when you get a phone call from somebody, you unprepped, you don't know what the hell. The coming. assumption is that it's serious enough that this person chose to call to you call, yeah. and not like send you like an emoji or a, a picture of a right. like an eggplant or something. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know what people say. Oh my but, god, who's dead? Yeah, it's, it's like, like wait, seeing what a celebrity yeah. trend on Twitter is the phone call. You're like, oh, this person's dead. No, new book. Oh, How, thank God. Well, <laughs> let me ask you this question. This is sort of an offshoot because I, I can't believe we're going to get here. How often do you call your mom on a regular basis? Never. We. Never. I mean, uh, emergencies only. Really? Yeah. Never I, talk to her, like, casually? Nope. I talk. She, I text her, and, like, we'll talk digitally, but my mom has always been that way, where, like, when we were growing up, it's like, just let it go to the machine, I don't want to talk to any. Like, my mom doesn't, uh, all of us bark, my sister's a little bit more vocal with family type of stuff. She likes to call right. and check in and all that type yeah. of stuff, but me and my mom are just kind oh, of... Man. Because it's, you'll, I don't know how to explain it, but like we still communicate regularly. It's just their phone call talking. My mom, like we're not going to sit there for 30 minutes and go, my dad, I'll talk to him for hours because he's more of a, a long story. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I used to talk to my old man on the phone for hours as well. Well, used to. Yeah. Uh, but even then, the conversations I would have with my old man are not substantial conversations. We would spend two hours talking about whether Don Mattingly was better same, than Thurman Munson. Same right? with That's my not dad, like, yeah, yeah, catching yeah. up on sports or whatever. My mom calls me, I would say, she wants me to call her every day. Yeah. And I don't. And it's not that I don't like talking to her. I do like talking to her. She's pretty funny. The problem is that I don't have anything new yeah, during coronavirus. Yeah. She'll call me on a Friday and be like, oh, what are you doing tonight? I'm like, uh, nothing. Yep. I'm staying home and hiding from the invisible corona, right? And yep. What are you doing? Stay at home. You know what I mean? Like, it, there's nothing yeah, going same. on. So I feel, same. Like, so I feel like now in the in the pandemic time, unless something is wrong, I don't really expect to hear from people unless it's been a couple days. Yeah. Right. But in yeah. her mind, she would want me to check in every single day and say, "Hey, just me sitting around the house, same as yesterday. Yeah. Okay, bye." Yeah. Uh, that being said, she is bringing you food, so we can't. Yeah, I know it's the greatest thing ever. I've been thinking about it all day long. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about. Uh, the maybe you website for a second. Okay. Because I have I have a lot of questions for you. You mentioned this to me this morning. Today is the six year anniversary of the first post you did? Yeah, somewhere yeah, so we did a series of posts when huh. we first started ten. Well I did. Um ten ten individual blog posts. So when the first Saranac happened, which was on like a fourteenth of February mm. uh, May that time the site was actually launched with 10 articles in the bank. So I had to yeah. write these over time or whatever. So I'm at that like frame where I started that process mm -hmm. leading into 10 articles, 10 days launch on the 14th or whatever. So this Stephen Bro one falls into that category now where that's the first one that Stephen I started, Brill. my yeah. first of 10 articles to, mm -hmm. to launch. I don't remember. Some of the other ones are you know, maybe a couple of local people interviews or mm -hmm. something about Utica Club or something like that. Yeah. But that Stephen Bro one, yeah, six years today would have been the first one in the series of the... The first yeah. 10 article launch or whatever. I'm sure we've talked about this in the past, maybe last year around this time or some other time we've had you on the show. But I'm yeah. always so curious. I'm sure people would love to know. When you look back six years ago yeah, to the start of the first posts and the first things you were doing, and you look today, in hindsight, six years yeah. later, with Handshake City and our time down at Franklin Square and all the mm -hmm. stuff we've done over the years in between then, do you feel like 
you foresaw where things would be, or have you just been riding this since um, six years and letting it go where it goes? We kind of... Utica is an interesting market. How about it? So a lot of the stuff we do is almost um, testing things that are successful and or have concepts... Um, even on a more national scale, right? Mm-hmm. And trying to localize, like making a, a national drink and putting Utica Club in it, right? Yeah. A lot of it's experimenting with some of these things is like, hey, this isn't here, an outdoor movie. Mm-hmm. We didn't invent that concept, right? Like we were just like, nobody's doing it, let's try it out. Well, Public yeah, place making. Podcasting. Right, right. <laughs> but but yeah, in yeah. this market, people weren't trying it out. So Correct. I feel like a lot of our stuff is constantly evolving. Because we are borrowing and modifying things that we see elsewhere and trying to see how it fits here, i.e. Uh, UC Michelada, right? Like, there, mm. there are ways that we can take a larger idea and make it a smaller one that fits this <laughs> audience or whatever, you know? So, to say that we're we're doing blogs earlier, we're going to go into placemaking and all these other things, no. But I think those opportunities, somebody was going yeah. to, those opportunities are, are plentiful all over the place. You if know? you folks ever really want a, a real key into how some Made in Utica events come to yeah. prowess, a lot of it is accidental. Yeah. Uh, the Michelada video, for example, I think really started from you were over here, we were watching wrestling or playing soccer or yeah. Tetris or something. And somewhere out of nowhere, I was just like, you know what I could go for yep. is a Michelada. And then you said, what's a Michelada? And then within a day and a half, yeah, I'm getting right. text messages yeah, from everybody right. being like, we're doing a video. Yep. Same thing sort of happened with uh, Haunted Handshake. You know, yeah. Haunted Handshake was an idea that I wrote on a piece of paper to you. And I was like, you know, we could probably do this, 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 if we ever really thought about it. And then in typical fashion... Once it was out of my hands and started rolling all this <laughs> yes. thing, it became this own well, monster. Some, yeah, well, and that's the thing with uh, the area, too, is that at, the ideas need... You have to put, like, the feet to the fire thing, right? Like, so some of these things that people want to do or try to do, and you can even probably relate if you see other, like, podcasting yeah. things. Oh, yeah. You know what you have to do if you see something pop up or people are doing is, like, the commitment that they're going to have to... Put towards this has to be this or it's not going to be that right sometimes you need a person though who's who's just been like oh i'll i'll be the front line like you want me to jump up front and be like yeah. hey let's do this thing um and if it goes bad or whatever i take responsibility or like you go ahead shit on me for it i, I don't mean care, i gotta you know? be honest i'm sure that in the coronavirus times our numbers are down uh, uh you think that they'd not be up really uh oh you mean podcast podcast, numbers, yeah, yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. i'm sure they are uh i've had a lot of people reach out to me recently to say that they've in this time, they've either caught up on a lot of stuff they've missed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in general, I feel like it's the same thing we talk about with the wrestling thing. Like, there's people are home all the time, constantly, yep. and yet the wrestling numbers are down because people... I, I find it, too. I'm not listening to podcasts. Right. Because I sit here and I'll listen to, like, the, the Bill Simmons podcast with, with Ryan Rosillo, and I'm like, none of this matters. There's no yeah, sports. There's, there's no, no sports going on. It yeah. doesn't feel yeah. impactful. Urgent or, or timely or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. that's why you're seeing a lot of podcasts do what we did a couple weeks ago where it's yep. like, oh, let's do a tournament of uh, evergreen concepts. Right, TV right. shows. Right, right. I, you know, and I think I like doing the, the tournament with you guys, but I, I thought about doing another one and I can't think of another topic besides TV that we would all agree on. Right. Weirdly, that's like one of the few things that you and Kevin and I all See, kinda... I've been pitching to you, the, again, borrowing other national concepts. We stuff. should do a watch along on something. Pick a movie, a yeah. localized movie, even a Heavyweights or a Mighty Ducks <laughs> or a Slapshot or something and we should just watch along can we, and uh... people can start it and just... Can we come back to the tournament for a second? <clears throat> sure. Because I wanted to bring this up to you because Kevin and I have talked about it a lot. Since we did the great TV tournament from yeah. about 10 episodes, I don't even know how many episodes ago it was, the two-episode special we did about the greatest TV shows of all time, I've gone back and watched a few of them just for my own sake. Yep. Uh, 
And I said to Kevin a few weeks ago on the show, I watched a lot of Always Sunny in Philadelphia since we've had the Hulu yep. account. I don't think I was giving It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia enough credit. Enough credit. Yeah. I really <laughs> don't. Like, that show is clever. That's the new Seinfeld. Like, yes. Forget Curb. Yeah. Curb is... Like, meta-Seinfeld. It's like Seinfeld to the nth degree because Larry David is Larry David, not just a writer. Right? right. But if you were talking about, like, essentially unlikable characters who are doing, like, weird satire and, like, doing this, like, unlikable bit, like, that's the new Seinfeld. Yeah. They, it lines up really comfortably, Yeah, everybody actually. in the environment doesn't like them, but you find yourself <laughs> you're the, rooting yeah. for them, right? Like, that's the hit to a um, TV, that's the making of a hit TV show, is unlikable um, characters being heroes in this environment that you create, right? Were there any shows that you went back and watched that we <clears throat> talked about in the list that you've changed your opinions a about little... since then? See, I was, I still, I would take The Office over Seinfeld if it was up to me, like on mm. a on a preference. Yeah. However, I went back and watched some of the last ep- seasons of The Office. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hold with the rest no. of the show. So if you're judging yeah, but... The Office from body of work, I think I was too much about the specific idea of The Office. But if you actually break that series down, not all of it's great. I mean, yeah, but here's the other, here's the, okay, this is a hot take. Not all of Seinfeld's great. The True. first season of Seinfeld is a tough watch because they rather it be early than late to it. Yeah, but and if you get to the end of season, okay, so you go to the last season of Seinfeld. Yep, season nine. Historically, the the story was that Larry David uh, sort of got in like a disagreement with NBC. He didn't really want to do the show anymore. It was kind of getting too long. Nine yep. seasons. He leaves. Yep. At the end of the ninth season, we talked about this with Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. Scorsese directs that first episode, yeah, and, then and then everybody out. who comes in for the rest of the show is just doing a Scorsese impression. Right. That's what happened in the season nine of Seinfeld. Right. Everybody who came in is doing their best impression of what they think a Seinfeld episode is should be, yeah. and it does. And it's a little bit cartoony. So he wouldn't even written the final episode. He came back to write. To help. Much okay. like David Lynch. He returned, pulled back. Triumphantly returned. To, yeah, well, not the, really, though, because people hated that episode. Yeah. Of all the shows we talked about, I would say the Seinfeld finale is probably one of the most divisive outside of Sopranos, which I think it's unnecessary uh, discussion. It doesn't, doesn't well, require yeah. it. Oh, I mean, the Seinfeld one, the Sopranos is different because you're Time already... Place. Well, no, not that. It's like you wanted to, to know. I think people knew what happened to Seinfeld and they just didn't like it. Right? People hate David Chase was talking about it. I read an article about Sopranos this week when I was watching the, some of the old episodes. David Chase essentially said that when he showed the last scene mm-hmm. to test audiences, when they were doing the testing as Sopranos, people didn't like it. And they kept asking him, like, what happens? Does he live or does he die? And he just kept saying, like, it's up to you to decide. And people yeah. were like, I hate that. I don't want that. I want you to tell me. Because people exactly. don't want to yeah. be sort of challenged. People would yeah. rather see Walter White dead on the ground at the end then see Tony looking off in the distance have it cut to black and be like what the fuck just happened well you know what right? stinks with it to an extent is that because he's now passed so you could you leave the right. option open yeah. right there in this yeah. world now no, because true. they are making the prequel thing in this world yeah. now you would have been setting up a whole nother mini series with Tony could have popped in on somebody else's show or whatever right we this was 2020 good, Sopranos it would have been Christopher's show and Tony would have been in like a few episodes here and there right you know something along those lines Breaking Bad they killed off Walt so there's no co- Breaking Bad does not go on with Walt anymore you know if they left him in a fade to black. A, right, you would be waiting for another Breaking mm. Bad for the next twenty five years. Like, when are they going to do mm. the show again? He's not technically dead. I think the idea of killing him off though is for closure, mm. and they should have done it with Tony just to have closure to that story. 
Yeah, everybody no, sure, dies sure, in it. Sure, everybody sure. dies. He should have died. Walter White should have died. There was no way that he should not have died with the life he was living. I mean, I am a, I am a Tony's dead truther. Yep. I am on the side of the Sopranos fan argument that Tony's dead. He's with Tupac. Yeah, he's dead. He's in Mexico. But I, I just think the should the I, the biggest problem with Sopranos and this and I'll end here on the tournament stuff because I got some other stuff I want to talk to you about. But Sopranos is the show that I've kind of gone back and watched a few episodes of. It's Still to this day, I think the most important television show of my lifetime. Mm-hmm. The first like major prestige television show that I was like, oh my god, this is amazing, yeah. and it and it had the Italian thing, which for you know for half of my family yeah. that's really important to me. HBO used to have a certain HBO thing. Was being, a, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that show will always hold a special place. However, when I went back to watch it, you can sort of tell it's from two thousand. Yeah, the symbolism is really clever, but it's also really on the nose. Yep. It's like in that scene in The Departed when this, the rat walks across right, the right, It's a right. lot of that. Yeah, like, yeah. okay, we get it. Just something, yeah. We're, this guy's a dick, right? Yeah, yeah. whatever. Um, and I think that's just a sign of the times. The show did get better with that as it went on. But if you, especially the first couple seasons, you're like, yeah. boy, they're really telegraphing well, a lot and of that stuff. Was, well, a lot of my stuff with Sopranos was, it feels like sometimes I'm watching a soap opera that has mobsters in it. So some of the stuff, even shot-wise, makes me feel like a daytime... Well, I think... I don't know what it is. It just you feels... You struggle with Twin Peaks when I've made you watch it because Twin Peaks is essentially a parody oh, well, yeah. of a soap opera. Yeah. It's shot particularly dramatically. Yeah, and own up to it then. Yeah, right? yeah. That, like that's they, fine. They do it. You, know? yeah. you want to make it part of a thing. But Sopranos just feels like it's trying to right. be very more... Um, sometimes not because it's, it's, dramatic's not the right word, but it has a lot of this corny uh, soap opera feel to me. Sometimes, like even reaction shot, like it's just shot in a way. It that has feels... a it has a very stylized. It's almost western. It has a western vibe. And Tony talks a lot in the show about being obsessed with the actor. Not Tony. Not James Gandolfini. But yeah, the yeah. character is Tony Soprano with... is obsessed with Gary Cooper, the actor. Gary yeah, yeah, Cooper. yeah. So a lot of it is him in the whole series being like, whatever happened to like the strong silent type, like why he sort of sees himself right. as this image of an older America that no longer exists, yep. right? So uh, I want to come back to, to Made Utica stuff for a second, though, because we, we sort of got off track here. Yeah. It's been six years. Yep. Um, how do you feel... We've sort of gotten away from the initial stuff. Like I feel like the last few years we kind of got caught up with events and yep. doing... Uh, and doing stuff at Handshake City and coming up with, like, you know, ideas what we can do for, like, city events or more, like, public engagement. Now in this sort of coronavirus content, it seems like you've been more interested in leaning back into doing sort of video content, blog stuff. Yeah. Is is that just a sign of times, or would you like to also make that something we did a little more regularly anyway? I think in a perfect world, there would be a balance where the blog and content there supplements... The events that are happening more as a promotional slash uh, interest thing. Like in a perfect world, you would check in the Made in Utica almost the way you would not a newspaper, but maybe a sports thing where you just mm-hmm. check to see if there's anything new. Maybe there's not, but like that's why we embed the hashtag onto the site yeah. because you can jump on Made in Utica instead of loading up all your social profiles. You can see all the stuff there. So if we've posted, you've posted. Um, people viewing the hashtag that all auto generates. It kind of catches you up, almost like a quick newspaper. You know your I mean, modern events or whatever. I gave you that same Easter article. You could break that up. And I can, just, hey, do the whole yeah, be longer than your student paper. <laughs> no, um, it's not actually. It's considerably shorter. <laughs> but in theory, like that was kind of the idea with the um, the trailers we used to do. You make mm-hmm. the movie and the blog content that has some interesting points about the movie, why we're doing it, and hopefully all that stuff pushes you towards. 
the outdoor event. I think we've cut the blog off to an extent on the events where we it's don't so use it enough as the promotional tool it could be, and also an entertainment one, it's right? So it's funny. not news. It's kind of opinions. And I still want to make... I know we're never going to do the movie. I still want to make the Rocky video. I mean... Where we do the Rocky theme song, and I'm in here I've training been, in the morning, and I do up the steps over at Hughes. So, I'm open for showing a Rocky somewhere, because I've been talking to you about it, and, and Zach, who... who Helps us with our sound and stuff, all sorts of things. But, like, our sound master guy, right? Can we do a drive-in where you don't get out of your car and we put the mm. blow-up screen at Handshake, right? Like, what's the mm. legality? So, I think the first thing we might do at Handshake, um, you know, with whatever, probably is not what we normally, you know, large-scale sure. events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But can we come up with creative ways where can we still put a band on there and you park your car and listen to it? Is that going to be okay? Are we going to put up a movie screen and with digital tuner, you just put your radio on 88.3 and we just provide you the sound right in? So be it. You're parked in the, the handshake lot. Like Play those the building things. and tape it on the... You could almost live stream it from the building to the the camera outside so people could watch on camera what's going on inside the building. You know what I'm saying? No, like, right. Oh, you, I see. So just what I'm talking about? Yeah, like you yeah. could essentially have like a barrier between the band who's playing on stage and the people who are watching it outside. Yeah. You're just... Chromecasting it essentially. Right. I don't know what the I logistics of that the, are. Uh, so the idea though would be as soon as we're able to get any type of allowance mm-hmm. to do anything, we're going to try to come up with some stuff. So if Rocky montage gets us an outdoor movie yeah. going and stuff. We might you'll have a lot of steps to run because I'm just going to make it go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. You probably have more info in this than I will, so I won't. I'm not going to touch yeah. it. I will say, in my opinion, knowing what we know now about Saranac being canceled mm-hmm. for the rest of the year, I think there is going to be an increase for people to see like live music mm-hmm. and events. People are going to want to do that stuff, even though it's not available. The idea of seeing a live band, yeah, or being and we're kind of we're yeah. com- we're thinking of ways to provide content to people, not just by driving out to Saranac, but also. Can we do some things to get those things you're missing yeah. online for people to watch or whatever? And I think we're that's also something we're we're obviously dabbling. We'll still always do that though. So yeah. if there's an opportunity for us to to partner on something, which I hope we have. Mm. If so things work out the way we do, well, this will be a whole kind of moot because that'll take over everything. Yeah. But if that doesn't, you know, so we got a couple things going. We're staying busy, but the idea is that the blog is the perfect time now to kind of catch back up on that. Yeah. Um, and even if it's just content, like I was telling you, I was going to do three documentaries about upstate New York, mm-hmm. just a, th- a list, right? Just here's three things to watch. Here's a little bit about them. Yeah. Here's where to watch them on simple stuff like that. It's still useful. It's about yeah. the area. It doesn't take very, you know, just something that's kind of quick. I might um, try and pull something together with this stuff I showed you about the, the not starring.com website that I found. Yeah. It's my new piece of coronavirus yeah. content that I'm yeah. obsessed with. I love it. Uh, we'll get to that in a second, actually, because I have some stuff for you on that. What, uh... I guess my question for you is this. It's hard to answer now. Yeah. We don't we don't know all the answers. We don't know about events for Handshake City. Do you think that the way this is all broken down, does it feel like we're gonna lose a year? I mean if you were if you were guessing today. Me, no, never, because I'm taking inch and a mile type of thing, right? Like <laughs> yeah, I, of course I, you um are. the Cleveland Indians right, yeah, he's yeah, known yeah. for bending the rules, right? Like yeah, I'm, I'm the guy the, I'm gonna move the whole plate back. Yeah. back. Yeah. yeah. Tell me what the guy and I will adapt around it. God. Because I think even in this time, the idea of talking to people, being around people, if it means wearing a mask and staying socially distant, nobody cared at Proctor Park yesterday. Mm. Nobody cared at Walmart. Nobody cares about well you know what I mean? Like so if you can't 
why can't you be standing outside listening to music and maybe shopping with some vendors at a socially distanced um, safe thing? Like, we can fit whatever guidelines they put into us, so I have no intention It's such of... a weird world out there right now. And I, I, and I think you make a, bring, a great point with the Proctor Park thing, right? I, a couple weeks ago, I was at the Price Chopper in North Utica. Yep. And I didn't have a mask, so I had to wrap a scarf around my oh, face. face yes. right? And this was pre-mandate. You weren't it's doing pre-mandate. Yeah, pre-mandate. Yeah. But I, I still, you know, you've seen a lot of people with the masks. It's mostly for other people. I'm, right. I'm kind of, okay, but I'm, I'm doing it for other people. Even going in then and having the scarf on, I was getting weird looks. Yeah. Right? Being like, oh, look at this guy. Right? Now when I go out with the proper mask, I get weird looks, but only from people who aren't wearing the masks. Yeah. So like, you can almost feel, like... Two weeks ago, I was getting shamed for not having the mask. Right. And now, two weeks on, I feel like the people who are shaming me are the people who are like, what are you wearing that mask for? Yeah, you got something? Yeah, and it's like, yeah. I, I was like, wait, I'm, we're supposed See, to. I think right? that's like, a real fear, a... too, is that by, so everyone's like, wear a mask and people are protected. Well, you create psychologically, that guy has a mask, what the hell is going on with him? Right? Like, it's hard for people to remove that. Like, not everybody, obviously, but to, like you like you just said, it's like, wait, does he have it? Is that why he's wearing it? Like, you want that, you know? Like, it's, you're, it's a lose-lose regardless. Well, it becomes, now it's become sort of like a statement, right? You either wear the mask or you don't wear the mask. It's like that episode of Seinfeld, like, who wants to wear the ribbon? I yeah. want to wear the ribbon. Yeah, like, wanna you wear... need to wear the ribbon. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah that's, that's sort of, it's just a really interesting, I don't know what it means. I don't yeah. know if it's a political thing. I don't know if it's a, people are taking it very personally thing. I just, I've noticed a shift in the feelings you get when you're around other people yeah. in public over the last two weeks that I've not expected. Yeah. Is all I'm as, of yeah. course, as a, a completely 0% health expert. No, no, <laughs> of no, course, I have I no training. For, <laughs> but I wouldn't also, with my 0% expertise, we wouldn't ever do something where if there was a real concern for people, obviously, mm-hmm. right? The city wouldn't let us, the state wouldn't let us, all those type of things. But if we're having an event, that means we're allowed to when everything's being done the way that it's supposed to. So right, I hope it doesn't right. deter people. Yeah, you're not going to be mask protesting not. down at Handshake But if a person right, has yeah, a mask, yeah, yeah. if you come to Handshake and there's not a mask or there is a mask or you don't want to go outside because you're still too scared, like those type of things, we wouldn't have something going on if we weren't allowed to. We're not just going to roll yeah, pop-up I mean, events yeah, 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 and risk sure. getting people in trouble, right? So well, like, I, I don't think we'll lose the season because I have enough faith that we're going to just resolve this and get my moving only, on with life. My know? only concern is that even... So let's say Cuomo... So is today. Today's the fifth. Yeah. The fourth, whatever. Fourth. Day is. Yeah. So let's say that Cuomo comes out tomorrow. Yep. And says, "Hey, um, you know, New York City's we still got to do our thing, but upstate New York, we're gonna loosen the regulations." Yeah, which I think is actually a little right. bit more closer. Yeah, I think yeah. that's probably about right. I wonder, not that they won't open businesses up, but how are people going to want to go in public immediately? I don't think that's the case. Yeah. I don't think the say, that the minute you say uh, the casinos open. Yeah. Well, maybe the casino is a bad example because people gamble. But yeah, uh, whatever. This is open. People are still going to take a couple weeks to get used to the idea that it's okay yeah. to be back. And I in, think it's right? uh, age. Oh yeah, is really oh, a sure. huge confidence yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. 20, you don't care. You'll be at the beaches doing all those things. 30, you start thinking about your 30, 40, right? You think about your kids, 50, yeah. or grandparents, or you're yeah. older, or you got grandkids and kids and all these things. So a lot of when you're 20s and you don't care about the rest of the stuff per se, of course your parents and all mm-hmm. those things, you're kind of reckless. Mm-hmm. So Saranax would probably do well if you allowed a crowd because all those same people are still going to want to come out and go down a Varick Street. Right. Those are all a certain mm-hmm. type of crowd. But like some of the the Saratoga racetrack, right? Like those type of older, right. you might not see as yeah. many people coming in because why bother, right? You know? <sighs> yeah, and I think too it's an interesting. I read a really good article this weekend about it. I think I'm going to talk about Kev yeah. with, with Kev about it earlier. Um, 
a lot of restaurants are finding out, restaurant employees are finding out that they make more money on unemployment mm-hmm. than they do working in the restaurants. That's going to be an unforeseen well, discussion yeah. about this going forward. Well, financial everything. I mean, like, uh, if you think, we're talking about Handshake, if you think city is cutting budgets, yep. if they're laying off employees, half of the people we talk to hmm. are city-related to do these events. What if those people are furloughed or don't have jobs? Yeah. There's no point of communication. Things take longer, mm-hmm. right? Like, the trickle effect of, like, okay, so the pandemic's over, but the city say they have half the staff. The county mm-hmm. has half the money. The businesses don't have any sponsorship money. Yeah. Um, vendors have closed up shop because mm-hmm. they haven't been able to survive. Like, all these things would actually mm-hmm. hurt us more than not being able to do the events for mm-hmm. a few weeks of the pandemic. I'm worried about the two years from now when all these things take so much confidence building but also finding you got to build all that money back up you got to get people back like a lot of these things have to happen it's going to take time you know it's weird and this is, this is kind of out of nowhere i think it's just the idea of the pandemic that's very unsettling mm-hmm. people you know what i mean like because if you think about like if someone said to you stay in your homes right don't go outside I always think of like the movie The Mist. You ever yeah. see The Mist? Yep. The idea was you're inside the house and the mist comes across and you got to stay outside the mist. Yep. It's kind of like that, except you can't see it. Yes. Right? Like, for all we know, there's a big cloud of coronavirus spreading over Oneida County yeah, right now and we don't yeah. know. I, mean, yeah. I think that's the aspect of it. It's the sort of invisibility, the like, because we can all sit here and let's say for the next two weeks, we're all sitting here in Utica and we go, nothing's fucking happening. Yeah. Everyone's fine. No one's getting sick. Yeah. And then we're like, whatever. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, one person gets sick. And we all go back and well, it just happens because you can't see it. That's right. what scares me yeah. about it. Is like, how do you know whether people, whether it's around, whether it's not? I guess just the testing. And until yeah. the testing is and I think readily those are available. all things that we're getting to sooner rather than later. Because yeah. like, oh yeah, at the end of the day, Democrat, Republican, whatever, you can't freeze. The economy. You just, like, we have yeah. to come up with a cure just so, because the wheels have to move. Like, this is not a reopen conversation. I'm not getting into any of that stuff. Just, at the end of the day, people have businesses. People have checks. No, you look, know, uh, unemployment services can't support these things. Like, we have to, at some point, this come is, up with a cure because we will perish. This is where the bipartisan thing is is a problem. Because an issue like this, yep. which has economic facets, educational yep. facets, yep. social facets. All the arms, call it, yeah. This is a really nuanced issue. And there's not really a lot of space for black and white. Most of this stuff is gray, right? Like, there are two separate drugs out right now yep. that are being tested for coronavirus. And even the which drug you support is becoming a political yeah. issue. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, this is not, this has nothing to do with, do you want people to get better? That's not a, that's not a partisan issue, yeah. right? It shouldn't be. And that's be, the thing, too, is like, right? we like, want people to get better so everyone can start making money again. But we don't want that company making too much money that gets everybody better, right? right? Like, like, well, yeah. what you, who cares? What do you They're providing want, right? an essential service that should cost ungodly <laughs> um, amounts of money. If it fixes this I, stuff, it's worth billions. The biggest, you know? the best argument I've heard, and it's not even an argument, it's just a point to think yeah. about is it's not it's also not like so what I was saying earlier it's not like you reopen the economy tomorrow and everything goes back it's going to take time for these businesses to get back to speed yeah. it's not like you walk into Taylor and the Cook tomorrow and they open it and everything's right. like well, it was three months well, ago a you place restart like Depot is probably having their best business that they've had in fucking mm. months because their people are in their left and right type of deal so some Ooh. I think that's the problem too is some are going to open up at a disadvantage where some of these people are like Walmart's like <laughs> we're just moving stuff left and right been, this is great like don't let these businesses come so, back because we're making so much cash and not having competition you know that's a kind of a, a worrisome fear for me I want to get into uh, sports and the stuff in a minute, but I'll, I'll leave you with this one because I think I'm going to talk about this earlier too. If, yeah. Look this one up when we get off. Uh, apparently in New Zealand right now, 
they have essentially not cured themselves, but there are no new cases for the first time ever since this started, really? like this week, right? Oh. Now, again, New Zealand is a isolated, yes. small island, right? Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful island. Beautiful <laughs> island. But I'm saying it's isolated and sort of small, right? Yep. But today was the first day or yesterday that they've reported no new cases of COVID. And even New Zealand is preparing to maintain social distancing even in the wake, wake of, no, yeah, of coronavirus. No, yeah, you so I think that that's something you're going to see too. This idea of social distancing will last longer than the actual COVID epidemic that we're yeah. facing right now. Oh, yeah. last. oh it's all like, psychological. Yeah. It's going to be mm-hmm. one of the, the, the changing. Yeah. And that's hopefully going even wrapping up and closing back on Handshake with this particular topic would be hopefully Handshake can provide um, – kind of a, a mentality changer that mm-hmm. if you are doubtful, this will be a good place to come out and get your feet wet type of thing, right? Like, we would try, hopefully, hopefully you think mm-hmm. of this place as something that's like, alright, it's the first time I'm going out, I'm nervous, but come and try because we're open air, we're big yeah. space, all that type of stuff. So, I just hope I there's a lot of things. Just hopefully it all works out. People want to get back to normal, so. The people I worry about are like the people like my mom and Mike, right? Who are folks who like to be out in public. Yep. And they are genuinely concerned yeah. about what's going to... Because they're, they're in that yeah. range. You know, Mike's never been... Mike used to be a smoker before he got, you know, healthy. Yep. One of them health freaks now. Yeah, one of those uh, health freaks. <laughs> worst kind. Uh, yeah, but, but like, we, you're all... My mom yeah. doesn't take the best... She's an older woman. Like, she yeah. just does her thing. And that I mean, falls in that yeah. thing. She's got grandkids and yeah, regular... It's, you, like, it's you got a lot more things that, you you know, you're thinking about, yeah. too. You're, you're thinking about no way kids. more... Exactly. <laughs> she's a different type of worries and fears, too, you uh, know, so... Let's talk about something that's not quite as important but has been affected by the coronavirus, and that is the world of sports. We're both yeah. big sporting fans. Yeah. Uh, this is a really down year for me, for sports, because this was supposed to be... I mean, if coronavirus hadn't happened... I would already have been celebrating potentially a oh, Liverpool Premier championship. championship. Yeah. yeah, Liverpool was on the way. They would have yeah. won it in April second or April fifth or whatever. God, it yeah, was. I mean they probably could have won the league the season during this over. epidemic. Yeah, yeah, they could have if they um, if they weren't messing around and didn't choke those last few games. They could have won this thing before true. the epidemic even started. I think it's interesting because if Liverpool had already won the title, they wouldn't even come back. I wonder if they'd even come back. I wonder if they'd even it's, just well, say you said relegation is the big concern. That is correct. I, yeah, I don't care true. about the top team if I'm in that um, right, right. Like the bottom three are the ones who got to be really nervous. It seems like soccer, uh, basketball, baseball, and to a certain extent the NFL are already kind of preparing yeah. for essentially playing in front of nobody. Is that what we're walking? Is that what we're I getting to? Maybe twenty five percent capacity, fifty percent. They're going to do it in phases. Yeah, so I think you would go zero percent, right? And then as things go, maybe you let twenty five percent in with six feet, and then you let fifty. percent You know, I think they would open it up over. You're probably seeing a full full year though before they get back to wrestling. To is talking about this in Florida right now, and I know that wrestling they is put in the fifty thousand in if they could tomorrow. Oh yeah, because yeah, <laughs> Tony shit. But uh, but what I mean is. Because Florida has loosened their regulations now, essentially, for the sake of you folks who don't know what we're talking about, wrestling tapes in Florida, in Orlando, at at the Full Sail University for for NXT, for WWE's company. I'm going to use them for an example, right? So let's say they open tomorrow. They could theoretically put fans in the seats, but they'd have to, like, space them out in a way where it's, like, honeycombed. Is that better? I don't think that's better than nobody. not really, I don't know. because, like, if I think, like, six feet, my arms are spread yeah, out at yeah, the moment, yeah. and if that's where the next person's sitting to me, that's great for sports games. I love that. So, you know. No, it's great. Yeah, yeah. No. 
But if I get up to get a drink or go to the bathroom, there's just no way you're avoiding people at Mm -hmm. six feet. So, Mm -hmm. like, it's one of those things where, like, the number becomes arbitrary. Once you start letting people into a place, even like a Home Depot, the stickers on the ground and the six foot and the mask, that's all arbitrary, right? (laughs) Like, it it doesn't really change with the self-confidence, like, or make you feel better, but it doesn't really solve anything, you know? So let's run through... The four major sports leagues, and then we'll we'll talk about the Premier League at the end for okay. us. Okay. So if you're baseball, right? When is baseball season supposed to start? You're talking like in already the next, a month ago. A month ago. Yep. So if you're baseball, are we just playing half a season? I think their PR is so bad right now. So they're different than I, these. I other could sports. use less baseball games, mind you. Well, so, I think baseball I, could use a year off. Ooh, boy, because that's a good call. you have the Astros, you mm. got like all of this stuff, right? That's uh, true. They're dropping We're minor already, teams. Yep. They're they got mm. problems with arbitration with players that they can work out in collective agree. Like they can sit at the table and work out better deals with mm. each other. That's a really good point. Skip base, skip change the game with time rules or uh, challenges, whatever. Take a year to reevaluate baseball and don't even come back until so, next spring so with you're a thinking, whole new revamped, a T twenty version of like cricket, you know, fast version of baseball. So Major League Baseball is essentially they have too much shit right now that they can't. There's no good PR out of this. One person gets coronavirus at a baseball game with the shit they got going on already. This is like a they, five, they'll never survive it. This is a five percent reference for people out there. Major League Baseball this year is essentially the video game WWE. 2K20. Yeah, scrap it. It was so bad yep. this year, particularly, yep. that they looked at it and said, guys, we got to take a year yeah, off. We'll come back in 2022. Yeah, like, we're not even doing one next yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a really fair point. I think, And you know what? In a weird way, people might be more excited for baseball. It's exactly what it needs. It needs a restart on rules. It needs a restart on interest. It needs a restart on excitement. They really got to reevaluate their whole entire... They got to clean up the stuff or at least appear like they are, you know? If if you podcast listeners hold your ears up to the windows, you can almost hear the faint sound of Aaron Higgins screaming in distress. Yeah. Baseball All the way from Clinton. Yeah. Cancel baseball. Like, no, the windows are about to shatter. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are, uh, I think the Mets are going to be good this year. There's the a Mets handful of people right. I know who would actually care. Um, she is one of those people in the handful. <laughs> I don't know if a lot of people would uh, miss baseball immediately, and I think it will benefit off missing it terribly. This is the kind of thing I would have brought Pete Forgets in for, but I don't even know when the NHL season is supposed to start. I have not a clue. They, they were already in full swing. They were getting closer to the playoffs. Their season aligns more like the NBA. So with the NHL, do you think they probably want to try and finish the season they've already started? They're a league who usually will take like a break during the Olympics and things like that. So I don't think taking a pause on this, they would resume because they don't if make the as Olympics much money in, as the NFL. So they kind of have to keep pulling some revenue yeah, and it's in somewhere. Indoors and ice, it's not like it's weather specific. You know what I mean? You don't have to relocate teams. Everybody yeah. plays inside of a building with ice. Mm-hmm. That you can be in Florida or San Jose or Montreal and you can play hockey, right? But they also, like I said, when the Olympics and like these world competitions, they're not against it, taking two-week breaks in seasons, or at least they used to not be. So I wouldn't be surprised if they, they picked up right where they yeah. left off, because that's kind of a hockey thing anyways. They'll pause mm-hmm. for Olympics, because all the players yeah. will play, you know? Uh, of all the leagues, the one that I feel like will play their season and does not give a shit one way or the other is the NFL. The NFL yep. is such a beast. They make so much money. They, don't so, need, they, yeah, they do don't not need, care. They don't need people there anyways. No, they're going to make so much money from people on watching on TV yeah. that they could give a shit if there's people in the crowd at all. Yep. And it really probably won't affect the games all that much. I mean, I don't know. No, it's like watching I'm an NFL game. game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's yeah. nobody there for no, those either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I would say that more than anything, like you'll see essentially a full NFL season, I feel. 
One hundred percent. They're they're they're, they're yeah. in the handshake mentality. As soon as you say yes, we'll accommodate all rules, even bend them to make sure yes. that the product's there. So we're and they nailed the draft. I'll give them credit. Like maybe not the easiest watch per se, but they 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 were up on at least being intuitive with I the mean, technology. Their feeds didn't drop. I mean, they, they fooled me. They got me to give a shit about the NFL draft for like an hour until yeah. I realized, wait, I don't give a shit about this at all. I mean, we're and talking I, minor tech problems, yeah. even streaming yeah. multiple cities and locations oh. and prospects and all those things. They had so much money to even pull off a virtual draft. The season will go on. Like, they didn't even postpone the draft. They're like, no, now, we're doing it all the way through. As a Knicks fan, as a well-known New York Knicks fan, I could give a shit if the NBA season ever comes back because the Knicks are terrible. I didn't watch the NBA at all this year, and I don't I, miss it to one, be fair, one minute. I did watch more NBA this year than I have in the last few years. I I am invested in the NBA, especially for me. Well, I'm going to get to this in a second. The NBA is in the worst spot because the NBA is essentially right before their playoffs. Yep. And essentially, when would they start the season if the playoffs had ended? Like, they would start the season in August? Yeah. So... I mean, there you got to do a draft still. You got to do free agency. Um, the big problem is LeBron is going to complain to get this playoffs going, so he can have a, a, a run some, with the Lakers. Yeah. Well, just and if he just wants rings, it doesn't care how or whatever. But he thinks like he will maneuver Adam Silver him alone because he's already tweeting about like I if he just be, tweeted every single day, yeah, about the NBA playing, they would open in a week. I would be invested in a somehow getting back to a playoff. And then also just starting next season at Christmas. Why not just do... Because so, I think they should only be starting the season at Christmas anyway. Anyways, I don't give yeah. a shit about any Again, of the games that another, happen before rethink December. Rethink the rules, reboot rethink some of the stuff, it, yeah, and come back I, with a whole new version of your sport. Think about how excited you would be to get the NBA for the first day on those Christmas games, right? Yep. Shortens the season, makes each game feel a little more important. You get a little more excitement. People are home watching yep. it. Those games start in August and September, and you're like, oh, wait, there's a game. Is the Knicks run tonight? I forgot. Yeah, right? October. I mean, yeah, nope. October. Yeah, 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 but yeah. Pre, yeah they're, they're basically the most exciting thing about NBA is the draft and then the first three days of free agency. And then everybody's on different teams. You can't keep track of them. So when the season starts, you're like, oh, wait, uh, this team's bad now. Or where'd this guy go again? Or, oh, they got this guy? Well, they paid way too much for him, right? Like, so it's so hard to keep up with um, unless you're a, a super fan of the yeah. NBA. There's a lot of movement, um, a lot of trades, a lot of players, like, being actively involved with what's happening there. So, like, for me, I've kind of gotten removed from it because I can't keep up with all of the shit that the yeah. NBA has on a regular basis. But also from a corona thing, they had the, what was it, Hong Kong? They had to cancel their season first. They yes. couldn't put any fans or any lives like where you think that they've already had a get weird. Danger. Yeah, they yeah. got a bad social justice presence this season. They have that a weird situation to, with China yeah. anyway. Um, yeah, so they need to. They needed to be like first one. We're out. First team. We're our first sport. Um, no games. And I say this one to the end because most folks aren't going to care besides you and me. Yeah. But the Premier League, uh, obviously, for folks who don't know, Liverpool was significantly farther ahead than their next closest Debatable. competitor. They Mathematically, were, they had there to win. Was a chance. They had to win two, two of games, the yeah. next or one, ten games, yeah, or, or one. So they and were someone else lose. Yeah. If you go to five thirty eight, which does sports odds, so like it's like ninety nine point seven percent. It's some outrageous number, yeah. right? That part is annoying to me. But I think the bigger question is because soccer has such moving parts. At the end of every soccer season in the Premier League, the bottom three teams yep. get kicked down into essentially AAA. And the best three teams in AAA get kicked up into the main leagues. Yep. That's where you... Ooh, put that down. For, I'll take that for baseball. Oh, right. Relegation. Baseball relegation. Baseball relegation. I do think that there's a lot of 
Soccer is probably in the best spot to finish their season. They're so far into the season. There is no playoffs. It lasts all year long it, almost anyways. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I know that the Liverpool title will always have the asterisk now. People yep. are going to talk about it. The Corona title. They didn't yep. really win it. Especially if they just say, fuck it, we're going to award the title. Liverpool season's over. Yep. This is it. Yep. And as we get if farther... If I'm Liverpool, I don't want it. Oh, no, I want it. You want oh, it? Oh, I, I need it. Desperately. It's the only thing I've lost this year. It's but the one thing that I... you can't celebrate it with the fans because it'll probably be empty, like, arenas and oh, stuff. Oh, I'll get so on the Liverpool hoisting, Zoom chat. <laughs> hoisting, the whole point of, like, especially when you get the trophy and they do the whole one-two, you know, they'll and everybody, it, like, jumps and celebrates. You know what they'll it's do? It's all crowd-based. You, nah, you know what? Even if you win it, you can't enjoy it with this the is, people that have been waiting for no, 30 years. This is 2020. They it. would do some big, long TikTok video where Virgil is throwing the, the trophy <laughs> to the next guy. He's like, oh, I caught it. Manitoba Melee. Yeah, Manitoba Melee. Be exactly the same thing. That's what they're gonna do. Uh, all right. Before we, uh, before I let you go, I've kept you here longer than I planned. Um, last week I asked Kevin, and I didn't give you any preamble on this. Yeah. So if you don't have anything, that's totally fine. Kevin and I shared our top five pieces of coronavirus quarantine content that we've been watching over the last few weeks. Is there any particular piece of content that you've been sort of invested in over the last few weeks that you that sort of I come- have to like? Just watch, uh, what is something yes, yeah. because I probably am with you guys, um, Night for Death, of course. Night for Death, we've not I talked about Night rec- for Death I yet, highly recommend, I, will, oh, I watched some more episodes, I'm, I'm gonna put one right after this, I the have course, no idea. The course doesn't change, I have a million, let's do an episode on Night for, I have so many rules, <laughs> like, if you do Night for Death, I want to hear about how whack some of this stuff is, because oh, we could really man. make this a better show. Uh, like. Night for Death is on Hulu, for you folks who don't know what yeah. we're talking about. Or History Channel. Give it a watch! Yeah. It's 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 something. Yeah. Oh, it's it's uh, outrageous. But yeah, that's probably my number one, and then I watched that one thing um, with the, the cock blocking robot on Netflix. Oh, um, Temptation Island's ugly cousin, what Love Island. Yeah, something yeah, like Love that. Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because I'm a big Temptation Island guy, and I thought, what the hell? Is I'll that see the, what love is like. That's with... gotta be the weirdest show we've ever accidentally got into. I, I can't love believe Temptation Island. It's a I, great oh, show. God. I was a big America's uh, um, Next Top Model guy. Yeah. I really, I don't know why, but I would always watch mm-hmm. that show because I thought just. The whole idea of it was just trash TV. If I have to watch one, it's American America's Next Top Model season. I don't know why, but All that's, right. that's my trash TV show. So I got one for you, and this is something. It's a piece of coronavirus content I found this week when I was doing some research on a movie. And it is a website, surprisingly enough, called NotStarring.com. And it is essentially a database for movies and movie stars for things that they've turned down, turned down. or people who were in, in a movie. So you could type in The Dark Knight. Right. It'll tell you all the people who could have been, yeah. been people. Or you could look up a specific actor. Right. So in this case, I'll give you the most obvious example. The most popular one on here is Sean Connery. Yeah. Sean Connery, historically well-known for like turning down big-time roles. He turned down the member of Austin's father in the third Austin Powers yep. movie, which went to Michael Caine. Okay. I think that's probably fine. Yeah. <laughs> At the time, it could have been an argument. But if it's the third movie, not the first. Uh, he turned down the original Blade Runner. He was supposed okay. to be Harrison Ford. That's okay. It's kind of a, It wasn't a hit movie, but that's like an iconic movie. Yeah, but they're interchangeable parts. It could have been him or Harrison. Uh, Everything's fine. He turned down the Jeremy Irons role in the movie Die Hard with a Vengeance. So he could have been the bad guy in the third Die Hard movie. Yes, I love that. Movie. I'm not blaming him for these are third parts of franchises. I want to start. Uh, I mean, the English Patient. He was supposed to play the William Defoe part. I think William Defoe got nominated for an Oscar for that movie. Uh, that, so, yeah, uh, he was supposed to be Johnny Depp's character in the movie From Hell. 
which seems weird. Really? He's too old to play that character. The Ms. Jack, the, or the investigator. Yeah, the investigator, yeah. yeah. I could have seen that. Uh, this is the one that I think is the biggest miss. Sean Connery turns down the role of John Hammond, which went to Sir Richard Attenborough in the original Jurassic Park. The guy who owns the park. Welcome oh, to Jurassic Park. I don't know if you... Yeah, that guy owned that, though. He was great. He's yeah. an amazing actor. But, like, I mean, from a... Modern, Jurassic Park yeah. seemed like... He'd still be making Jurassic Park movies. Yes, he'd be getting... And more than that, there's another one coming that's even okay. worse than that, but that's the one that gives me, like, the most heartburn. Uh, he turned down the role of playing James Bond in the movie Live or Let Die, which is yeah. where Roger Moore And he it. was Bond prior and didn't yeah. want to do it anymore. Didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. This is the one that people talk about all the time. Uh, he was originally the Gandalf the Wizard in the Lord of the Rings... Fellowship of the Ring series. Okay. He turned down this role after he didn't want to spend 18 months on the project. It was too long. Yep. And he didn't understand the process. This role goes to Ian McKellen. It becomes one of the largest movie franchises of all time. This movie, the movie he made instead of making Lord of the Rings. Oh, my God. Was a movie called League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Okay. That was supposed to be his Lord of the Rings, though. That movie bombed so bad, and Lord of the Rings did so well that... Sean Connery effectively retired from retired acting. He yeah. retired from acting because that of Lord was, of the Rings. He thought that that would be the big franchise piece. Yes. He was like heavily involved mm-hmm. as a producer, I want to say. Like, he's he's got uh, Connery like doubled down on Extraordinary Gentleman. But as you can tell, he didn't want to work 18 months or hard and it showed. Yeah. So, <laughs> essentially, he turned down, he also turned down the role of Morpheus in The Matrix. So, he turned down The Matrix okay. and The Lord of the Rings to do League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Okay, those are big misses. Though. Those are huge misses, yeah. right? Um, he was supposed to be King Richard, uh, and play. Wait, he wasn't. Was he in Robin Hood Men and Tights? Did he show up at the end? I don't. He I does show up at the end of Robin Hood Men and Tights. No, it's Patrick Stewart at the end of Robin Hood it's Men and Tights. It's supposed to be Sean Connery because Sean Connery played King Richard in like a serious. Movie it about England. Have, oh, the universes. Were yeah, yeah, yeah. But cinematic. Uh, but he asked for no. He played King Richard in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Okay. He played the king at the end. Okay. They wanted him to come back and do it in Men in Tights, but he asked for too much money, so oh, they said fuck it, and they got Patrick so they, Stewart. That would have been pretty good. Uh, so that's he's the most famous. One. There's a lot of other ones on here. However, knowing you the way I I know you, I looked up your favorite actor of all time. Christian Slater. Yeah, I was going to ask you to. I'm glad he did. Slater only has four movies that he turned down the role for that went to somebody else. Okay. First one is a movie called Assassins. Uh, he was considered for the role of Miguel Bain, a part that would go to Antonio Banderas. Which Makes is, sense. Yeah. Miguel Bain, Christian yeah. Slater, is not really hitting that Banderas uh, ethnicity, if uh, you will. The other two, the other one I didn't know is a movie called Judgment Night, which is a role that would eventually go to Emilio Estevez. God, this is what he's dabbling in, is fighting for work with Estevez. Uh, he turned down the lead role of Eric Draven in the movie The Crow, which went to Brandon oh, Lee. Oh, yeah, we talked, that yeah. one was, uh, I mean, he would have been dead. So weird. He would have been he shot. He would have died. He would have, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so happy, yeah, that, that never happened, so. <laughs> and, uh, and he was also supposed to be in Pulp Fiction. He really? He was supposed to play the character that Tim Roth plays in the movie. Yes, because that's Rock. supposed to be Clarence yeah. in Alabama. Yeah. From True Romance, yeah. Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said no to it, or was he in jail? Uh, he was considered to play it, but I guess they went in a different direction. Because they probably he... didn't want to lean into true romance, because it wasn't yeah. Tarantino's movie, because he sold the script. But that idea of Pulp was probably having yeah. a bunch of different characters of his movie. Man, that before we cool. Before we close up, do you have any, any movie or actor you want me to check before we close up here? Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer, all right. Let My me second favorite actor. <laughs> you love Val Kilmer. 1A and 1B. If Kilmer and uh, they are in a movie together, I think it's Hard Rain. 
Hard Rain. Oh my god, I can't believe that's a thing you remember. Yeah, oh my god. All right, so let me take a look. Later. I got it on DVD. This website, by the way, folks, that I've been stuck on for two days, notstarring.com is the name of the website. Come on, Val. Load up for me, buddy. All right, let's see here. Uh, he turned down the role of King Philip in Alexander that went to Colin Farrell. So if you've seen the movie Colin uh, Alexander with Colin Farrell. That's supposed to be Kilmer. is probably unrecognizable at that point, though. He, yeah, he turned down the lead role in Backdraft. He turned Ooh. down the role that John Travolta took as gold member in the movie Austin Powers as gold member. Wow. Uh, he obviously turned down the third bat, uh, fourth Batman but movie. Batman, yep. Ooh. He turned down the lead role of Jeffrey in the movie Blue Velvet, which went to Kyle MacLachlan. I love Blue Velvet. Wow. It's David Lynch. That's you might a- see some of them in the 80s that he made some bad choices on. Uh, he was supposed to be Mark Ruffalo, the detective character in the movie Collateral, which is an underrated movie. Uh, he was supposed to be Denzel Washington in the movie Crimson Tide. Okay. Uh, he was. Ooh. Oh wow, Justin, this is gonna yeah. this is gonna break your heart. I'm glad. I'm glad this is on here. Oh wow. Val Kilmer turned down the lead role of the movie Dirty Dancing that went to Patrick Swayze. <laughs> so you could have had a Sliding Doors Val Kilmer Dirty Dancing movie. Wow. What a time to be alive. I'd probably never stop watching anything but that. I don't even know if I can go any farther. There's more on here, but I feel like that's it. I can't it. believe he turned down Castle. <laughs> what is he thinking? Uh, he also turned... God, he was a heartthrob at that time, too. He also turned down Clarence's role in True Romance. He was supposed to play Christian Slater, and Slater took his job. And he, took... and he was supposed to be Kevin Spacey's role in Seven. He was supposed to be John Doe. So Val Kilmer... A lot of misses here for Val Kilmer. But you know what? He was in the movie Willow. So I give him that. Yeah, he a good did um, Wonderland. That was okay. And he did that one, <laughs> what's the one movie he does with Robert Downey Jr.? Where oh, he's Kiss like, Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah, that was like his comeback. Well, <laughs> you know what you'd see? If you look up the word idiot in the dictionary? Picture of me. No, a picture of the word idiot, which is what you are. <laughs> it's like, great movie. Uh, Justin, thanks for uh, chatting me up. Uh, I appreciate uh, appreciate you doing it. No problem. Again, um... We'll have to go watch some Night for Death, or yeah. um, it's a go watch some Night for Death. You know, I stopped myself from saying great show because it's not a great yeah, show. No, but it's it's entertaining. It's excellent. It's, it's worth a watch. <laughs> uh, oh, also, uh, Val Kilmer was supposed to be Johnny Utah in Point Break, but that role went to Keanu Reeves. Boy, interesting the market corrections for Val Kilmer, like who he's up against in a lot of these roles. Yeah. Slater, Kevin Spacey, Ray Liotta, that's what I mean. Keanu <laughs> Reeves and stuff like that. Boy, and Keanu Reeves beat him out for a lot of stuff. He beat him out for Point Break. He beat him out for The Matrix. He beat him out for Johnny Mnemonic. He beat him out for... Damn. He must hate... <laughs> he, must, he must hate Keanu Reeves. That's wild. Uh, all right, folks. No, Keanu Reeves doesn't have half the talent. No, he's back around. The Keanu Reeves' science is back. These John Wick movies got him back. John Wick could have been Wick Kilmer. could have been Kilmer. Uh, folks, thanks for coming back to the show in just a moment. Could have been Kilmer. Could have been. Before I knew you were involved, because I was like, "Wait, what's going on? What is this?" Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I distinctly, yeah, I remember. 
I remember some sour grapes spread across sour. this great state. Hey, <laughs> can't make good wine with sour grapes. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I just want, there's one other big piece of news. Like, it's not a big piece of news, but I thought it was interesting. Mm. You see, we have a third candidate to vote for if you don't like Joe Biden or Donald Trump now. Oh, yeah, this guy. Yeah, it's correct. Uh, he's running as a libertarian, even though I guess he's technically a former Republican slash independent. That's uh, Representative Justin Amash mm-hmm. from Michigan has defended his decision to run as a third party candidate in November, denying that he would play a spoiler role and tip the election toward President Trump. Uh, he's wrong because he would. <laughs> Hate to see it. I mean, what do you want? People are gonna run, but what are you? What are you doing, bro? Nobody's gonna vote for you. Like, what do you? Nobody yes. believes you when you say you're making a stand. No. My God. <laughs> Nobody believes you when you say you're making a stand. Is there any argument that he would take voters away from Trump? He would take some. He would take mm. some, but he would give a lot of room for people who don't want to admit that they're Trump Republicans and need an out and don't want to vote for the Democrat. He'd give a lot of those people somewhere to go and vote. Right. It doesn't put any real... Yeah, yeah. It gives you essentially a pass. Yep. Yeah. yeah Big time. Yeah, yeah. Big huh. time. And then yeah. you leave it to gives just you a pass. Real... Pulls away a lot of people who, who would vote for Biden over Trump but don't want to vote for a Democrat and want to pass. Yeah, I feel like this is. I know that him and Trump have some sort of like beef history. Him and because well, he, he left the party. Yeah, so I feel like this is him trying to troll Trump a little bit. But this it's is him trying to get his name up. That's all any of these people are ever trying to do is get their damn name up. You know what I mean? That's all they're doing. Is this? I feel like this is one of the few like He's trying to get street cred. I feel like this is one of the few elections where I don't know if anybody came out of it with a higher approval rating afterwards. People mm. like Elizabeth Warren better now than they did before this started. I, For sure. Now they do, I think. For sure. <laughs> now we for look sure, back sure. at what we could have had. For sure. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Biden seems to be like a... I'm, the nominee is what he seems to be. It's trouble. What? Yeah, I get I mean... I just, I can't, I can't get behind I, I've got to vote for him, certainly, and take my medicine again, like mm-hmm. like I did last time. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm feeling less optimistic about his chances as days go by. That's I, interesting. Only because he's been doing better as each day goes by. Which is weird. I've been feeling more optimistic. Really? Yeah. God, I feel like I'm feeling. He does less better and better in the polls every single day. Every single day, this guy goes out, calf splatters his like, pees his pants as a maniac on TV at these like press conferences, <laughs> saying weird lies about stuff to the point where everybody's getting fed up. Everybody's scared. Yeah. Yeah. Biden's not hiding. He's just lurking. You know what I mean? Like, never interrupt your enemy when he's in the process of making a mistake. I don't know. Well, I guess I'm still. Point. It's not my top pick, but like, I don't know. I read something essentially that was like the amount of money that like Trump's. Like uh, digital team and marketing team spends is an outrageous amount higher. Dude, you can see yeah. it. Get on the internet. Yeah, every no, it's web- wild. I can't. Almost every website I'm on, I get served tons of ads and like regular websites. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like my browsing history, it's not like crazy. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm certainly not yeah. out there on like Ben Shapiro site or whatever. I'm talking about. I'll be out there on like a like a you know Deadspin style site or something like that, and there'll be specific ads where it's like, "Do you think that Trump is a better president than Obama? Yes or no?" Paid for by friends of Trump, and I'm like, "What are we?" Yeah, YouTube hits me with that sometimes. All the time. Yeah, YouTube is All particularly. YouTube is notoriously bad for it. Yeah. Yeah. They're spending tons of money online. You see it everywhere. You should, should look at all the bots on Twitter. Should Biden be spending more money on digital? Reach out? Like, I feel like it's not enough. Like, no matter how much money he spends, like, it's not going to help that much. There's already a big oversaturation, I feel like, at Trump shit on the internet. I don't know. The internet feels like it's Trump's world. <laughs> it's like it's where he lives. Mm. In the deep, seedy underbelly of the internet. It's where he's from. It's like parts unknown. Where people don't have to own their words, yeah. Yeah. They, you'll definitely, yeah, you'll see a lot of people, you know, a lot of people don't want to, uh, walk, <laughs> walk it like they talk it. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. Uh... It's so funny. I was actually just talking to Justin about this. It's interesting now that people are back on phone call conversations. Remember how people were off phone call conversations? Yeah. 
he'll be mad at you if you like. What are you calling me for? Just text me. Mm. Now I feel like the phone call has gotten to come back around. That's the big winner in the phone call is coming back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> phone call is coming back. I never mind a phone call. Um, I just I feel like I if I'm if I'm gonna be on the phone, I like to make the phone call. Don't call mm. me. I'll call you. Oh, you like to be in command. You like the driver's seat of the phone call. You want to lead the phone call. I wanna if I'm gonna if I'm gonna call you on the phone, we're gonna talk for a minute, so I wanna make sure I have a minute. Like if you just I get buzz in the middle of the day, I might be doing something. My phone rang right now, I can't talk to you, I'm podcasting. Uh so let's I have a couple seconds that are not politics based. I just wanted to talk about the Amash thing for a second before I forgot because we haven't really brought it up really. Uh so I saw an interesting one this week. Uh have you heard about this trolls movie that came out on Netflix? Uh vaguely. So there's a, um, it's a kids movie, it's yeah, yeah. called Trolls World Tour, and it's a, it was supposed to go to theaters, but because of the coronavirus and everything's going on, yeah, yeah. it got released to Netflix, and it mm. did really well, apparently, like, in nice. terms of... Everybody's kids home. Exactly, I think that, and so, the people who made this movie, Universal Pictures, and the director and the people who wrote it, they come out and they say, hey, you know, we're so happy that, um... We made all this money. We made all, we made all this money, but, like, that... You know, that people came to see this thing, and we, we look forward to, like, maybe more opportunities to release stuff this way if people like it. And immediately, within a day, AMC movie theaters across the country banned Universal Pictures and stopped, they're going to stop showing all their movies going forward. All of Universal? Yeah. Hard ban for AMC theaters on all of Universal Pictures movies going forward because of this. Uh, who's the bad guy here at AMC theaters? No. Or Universal? No. No. <laughs> for not um... playing ball. I mean, AMC theaters has to. Theaters is tough. Theaters got to stay in business. Exactly. Yeah. Theaters are tough, and theaters got to stay in business. You know what I mean? So I understand they're trying to do what they can to stay in business. I think they could find a lot more ways to be competitive in that aspect. But I understand why they're you know reactionary like this. And like, if you're Universal, what can you say? Like, people still want movies. Can't be like, hey, sorry, you can't see Trolls Two World Tour because you can't go to AMC. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter says that a studio executive from another company says it's primarily because Univer- uh, Universal took like a first step toward changing the paradigm, and that really pissed off like the AMC folks, right? Because this apparently, understandably, yeah, yeah. understandably, uh, the idea is that the the theater people, big theater, big big movie theaters, believes that movie theaters will be open by July seventeenth, which is when Christopher Nolan's new movie Tenant is supposed to come out, which we are by- ready for. Yes, ready. And then Mulan, July 24th, and Wonder Woman in mid-August. So those are the three big movies they're kind of lining up yeah, as yeah. the tentpole movies when they come back. I don't know how I feel about movie theaters being open by July 17th. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe they do that thing where they like you have to sit like a certain distance apart from people in the yeah, theater. Yeah, something. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was an interesting one this week. Uh, here's one that I always like as a, as a fan of classic books. Uh, it's that time of year where school boards are removing famous books from their controversial literature, uh, from their content because it's too controversial. Okay. Uh, Alaska has banned some books this week. Are you ready mm. for the books they banned? All right. I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings by Maya Angelou. Banned. Yo. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, people aren't supposed to be able to hear the dog whistle. Um, that's the whole point of it being a dog that's a really flagrant like we're just throwing our like Maya Angelou is banned Uh, Catch 22 by uh, Joseph Heller people ban that all the time banned another soft Uh, The Things They Carried by Tim O'Brien banned I never read The Things They Carried by Tim O'Brien but I read an amazing book by Tim O'Brien called like uh, In the Lake of the Woods or something like that that I recommend Mm. to anybody who likes to read a book it's weird Mm. but it's a good book Uh, The Great Gatsby F. Scott Fitzgerald Banned. That's so like. That's so. Hey man, these books could potentially harm students. Number one, and that's last just... but not least, 
the silent dog whistle, for folks who never read it, uh, Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison, which is one of my favorite books mm, of all time. I yeah. love that book. Why would they ban that? It's all about... It, first off, this is not Invisible Man like the, the scientist who turns invisible. Yeah, yeah. This is Invisible Man, the story about like a black man's rise through America in the time of like the Civil War and post-racism. And it's, it's pretty... It's pretty... Uh, what's the word? It's, not, it's almost like a satire. It's a great book. I have it in the other room. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, get it for yeah, you yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. It's not controversial when you read it, but like I can see where some soft individuals would look at this and go, "Oh, this is very, it's very pro edgy. black." Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a, yeah, a little too pro black. Yeah, yeah I guess, honestly, like, I think they, I think they call it white genocide so disingenuously. Yeah, do yourselves a favor and go look up the book Ralph uh, Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison. It's an amazing book. Go buy it on Amazon. I bet you they got it used for like a dollar. It's a you really get classic. Almost any yeah. book you want used on Amazon for like a dollar. Uh, so here's the reason, by the way. Uh, they have reasons for why each of these books was banned. Okay. Cage Bird. Okay. <laughs> Great. Uh, Cage Bird was derided for anti-white messaging. Yo. 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 That's so. The, the, Fuck the, what? Here. These are the same. These are the same motherfuckers oh, that are out here calling on, people dude. snowflakes. Yeah. That's the. That's always the thing. It's always. Oh my god. Uh, uh, the projection and the hypocrisy are uh, pills as well. Great Gatsby and the things we carried were banned for loaded sexual references. I never read things they carry with Gatsby. I guess. I guess uh, if you. I mean, I think that we're a little repressive, like sexual editing in this country, and like books and novels and stuff and whatever. Mm -hmm. But if you don't want the kids reading the sexy book, eh, all right. Uh, Catch-22 because of violence and Invisible Man because of bad language. To be fair, Invisible Man is loaded with, like, swear words and curse words. Probably fair, like, so you can keep that sure, as a college book. I, I don't guess. understand banned, though. Like, leave it in the library or whatever. You don't have to teach the book. We don't have to ban the book, either. Uh, so there you go. Those are the books. Uh, I mean, I'll, again, really, I just wanted to bring some light to an amazing book that I read in college that I loved, mm. uh, Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison. It's a great book. So even though Alaska doesn't like it, you should look it up. It's a great one. So mm -hmm. check that one out. Uh, I have two bold casting decisions that came up today in the news, and I'm going to share them both with you, and I'm going to get your opinion on which one you like more. Okay. All right, first one, uh, they are making a... Because I haven't watched this show, so I'm going to lean on you. They are making a scripted television show based on Tiger King now. So instead of a documentary, now it's going to be like a scripted show. Oh. And they've cast their Joe Exotic. It's going to be... Wait, is it going to be a comedy or a drama? I don't know. Uh. It's going to be Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage as Joe Exotic. For the television scripted version Correct. of the Tiger King. Correct. Okay. So that's number one. Number two, Ralph Fiennes has joined the new Netflix adaptation of the classic Roald Dahl book Matilda. However, he's signed on to play the role of Miss Trunchbull. Better casting, Ralph Fiennes as Miss Trunchbull or Nicolas Cage as Joe Exotic. Um, I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> First and foremost, leave Matilda alone. Ooh. Nobody needs you to go back Ooh. and touch Matilda. I like Matilda. Matilda is, I'm saying, Matilda's yeah. perfect. Leave it alone. When did that movie come out? Is it the 90s? The 90s, like mid to yeah. late 90s. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like 96, 98-ish. DeVito is good in it. Yeah. DeVito's amazing. Mar Wilson's amazing in it. The mm. Miss Honey, the Trunchbull is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Lavender, like all this, come on. Um, no, leave that alone. We don't need that. But I do like, uh, I like that actor quite a bit. He yeah. was great in um, he was great in Handmaid's Tale. He's been very very good in uh, some of those seasons of American Horror Story. He's he was, cool. He was in Red Dragon. Yeah, yeah. He's he's been in a lot of good stuff. Like the stuff he's in, he's yeah. really good, and he's good at playing like a sinister mean guy. Yeah. So I think he'll do an interesting job. I didn't know they were making Matilda. I am excited to watch it because I like Matilda. Feels a little stunt casty. 
Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure, I for mean, sure. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's very look at me cast. I mean, it seems like it was, I don't know. Yeah. Is Ryan Murphy making this show? <laughs> um, but Nicolas Cage as Joe Exotic, when you said that to me, I only said the word correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh-huh. correct. Okay. Like, that's 100%. Nicolas Cage as Joe Exotic is the best get they could ever ask for, whoever's making this show. Um, I just wanted to ask you this before we get to our lightning round questions, because I did spend a lot of time with Justin during the interviews at the end. We talked about how we thought each of the five sports were going to potentially come back. Mm. Uh, his idea, and this is a bull, we thought the MLB should just take a year off. <laughs> After the bad press they got last year, with all this cheating and the Houston Astros and all the sign stealing, guys, we're taking a year off, we're going to reevaluate and come back in 2021. Mm. A fresh new league. Uh, but you're a huge NBA fan, and... While I did talk about the Liverpool situation earlier, your L.A. Lakers were in a prime position to be number one spot in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you, as a sports fan, as a guy who loves watching professional sports but also has a very nuanced take on what's going on, do you want to see sports come back? Do you think it's the right move to bring like the NBA back to finish the season? Uh, you just asked me two specifically different questions. That is correct. Do I want to see them come back, and do I think it's the right move? Well, I guess um, yeah. they're very, I think those are different, yeah. questions. different questions. Of course yeah. I want to see them come back. Mm-hmm. I mean... The, the interruption of this Lakers season, um, when it comes to the grand scheme of things, and especially stuff like this, you know, this has showed us, you know, and sometimes you're reminded in life, like, what's really important. Sports are kind of silly and all that. So not to give it too much weight, but, like, it sucks to be a Lakers fan. If this is a lost season, it never finishes. Even if it finishes and they come back for some playoffs with yeah. no fans and they win, it's never the same. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. always going to suck. And, like, I always remember that as a sports fan. Yeah, I'd love to see them come back. I love the NBA. Um, you know what I mean? Love games. Love mm-hmm. the love the the regular season. The playoffs, I think, are unmatched in sports for me personally. I love the NBA playoffs. Do I think it's the right move to come back with fans in full arenas? Probably not. You know what I mean? And they're do I want to about... see them play empty games? Yeah. It's still the game. They're playing it like they're talking about doing it at Disney World. Like having them like camp out essentially at like a section of Disney World where they have a bunch of available like athletic complexes yeah. and just play the whole season like a bunch of games going on all at once. I'm into that. I'm into that if I'm they want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. If they yeah. want to get weird, I'm I am get into, weird, guys. I'm into various companies, content creators, everybody get weird, do your thing, yeah. like do strange stuff. You know, we were talking about like wrestling, like those guys are having shows with nobody there. So get weird, do stuff, do but, strange stuff. That being said, the wrestling thing is weird because I'm kind of on both sides too. Am I happy that there's content for me to watch? New content. Sure. Yeah, it's great. Do I think they should be making more content right now? I don't really know. I'm kind of torn on whether or not they should just send everybody home. I, I really... So, my, ta- my take is that it's not... Uh, I don't... It's not my job. Yeah, no, I guess you're right. decide yeah. what they do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not gonna... I don't... Who am I Who am I to judge whatever the hell they're gonna do? They're so I mean, far man. away. If it's on, I'm certainly gonna watch it if it's on the... If something's on the TV. I am genuinely looking forward to the pay-per-view this weekend because it's my sure. first really, like... Ex- this is my celebration for graduation, but that, I But that's what I'm saying. Like, these, <laughs> so these basketball players yeah. or these wrestlers or these whoever they might be, they know better than I do what they've been doing to keep safe, what measures they've been taking, their doctors, their people, everything they've done in place. They know better than I do. That's up to them if they're going to do this. If they play the games, I'll watch. Simmons made a really interesting argument on his podcast, Bill Simmons, uh, today. He was essentially saying, like, he's the same place where he likes all these sports, wants them to come back. But the sport, like, bringing sports back doesn't make money for anybody else. Doesn't doesn't really help the economy. It doesn't move. It's not like opening up a business. Do you know what I mean? It really only helps a small group of people. It's not really that important. But yeah, from a course. morale standpoint, it's entertainment. Yeah, yeah, it's just a different thing. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, all right. Making YouTube videos doesn't help the economy either. No, people true. are still consuming yeah. them at a high level. Yeah. Uh, all right, so a couple lightning round questions here before we close up for the week. Uh, this is a nice one. Are we giving Florida too much credit for having nice weather? Florida's weather sucks unless you're there for like two months out of the year when it's nice. Yo, shout out. If that was a listener, I'm with you 100%. <laughs> Whoever sent that in, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tweet me. I'll tweet you back. Whoever you are, 100% Florida. Yo, Florida. Yeah, I'm out on Florida. I had a nice time when we went to Florida. I always have a nice time when I go to Florida. But I, I can see. I can see the cracks in the seam and I can see behind the seedy underbelly. It'd be tough all the time. You'd have to. Your body would have to adjust. It would be hard with the the weather. Yeah. So if we're talking about weather specifically, yeah. But your mm-hmm. body would have to adjust for sure. But I think one of the big things to consider too is Florida is like a big state. Florida is a long big state. state. Yes. Like your weather mm-hmm. is much different. If you live in Pompano Beach compared to if you live in Tallahassee, you live in mm-hmm. different weather, and it's similar enough. You know, it stays warm. You don't mm-hmm. really have like winter or anything. But still, yeah. No, I'm not trying to live. It's too humid for me, man. Mm-hmm. I don't want. Yeah, the humidity, humidity. would get you. The heat I've doesn't bother no me. You're right. Yeah. Oh, great point. Yeah. That's how you can tell this is a real old man podcast. Now we're talking about it. No, no dry the heat, heat is the okay. Dry heat. It's the humidity that'll get you. We like the dry heat. Uh, yeah, I mean, if I were trying to think of a climate, I'd be thinking a little farther up the coast now. For sure. A couple more states. Not that I want to live in any of those states, but in terms of weather, something a little more Catch like the North there, like Carolina. Yeah, yeah, Carolina's yeah. range. Now we're talking. Carolina's range. I'm not going to move into a bar and become a Dave Matthews fan or anything out there, but you know what I mean? Like the weather is probably that that's where they're from, isn't it? South Carolina? Are they? I think they're from... I, you're, I, listen, you're the guy. Here is <laughs> um, All right, so next question. Uh, I'm a big fan of eating tortilla chips plain without salsa. Does that make me weird? Shout out. That person can also send me tweets if you're a listener because I understand you. Uh, I think, we can all stay out of Florida together. Well, the initial question also is like, why do they not sell tortilla chips in small, like, bite-sized bags, like to-go bags? I don't think people would buy... You, they'd be the last thing... In the package of mixed small like to go chips, for sure, they'd definitely be the just last like thing. in the mixed cereal packages. Crispix is the last thing left because people are fools. But I do like Crispix. Crispix last. <laughs> it um, true. Well, I mean, it depends because tortilla chips are different than corn chips, right? Because you see Fritos sent up by themselves. I think it's, tortilla chips are a little less salty. It's obviously flour instead of corn, but I don't always like it. But yeah, I enjoy just regular tortilla chips. I'm I not have, saying I don't want them with salsa, but. There's nothing you could put next... Like if, you, if there are two bags of chips in the other room, if there's tortilla chips and anything else that's like a regular potato chip, if I don't have any... I'm probably taking the other chip first, right? Mm. But I've gotten to a place where I'm like, the only thing left here is these Santitos $2 tortilla chips. And you know what? Just fine. Well, some, <laughs> sometimes you like a little salt a little with salt. some crunch, but you don't want to get like flavor-blasted like... Triple extreme cheese barbecue vinegar. Flavor blast. It sounds gross. <laughs> yeah, but you know uh, what I mean, though. All right, this is a tough question. This is more of a theoretical question. Oh. Not counting your body, only from the neck up, what type of athlete do you think you would be? Mm. I think it means, like, the style, like, the look. I don't think there's any sport that I can think of. Do they mean, so they don't mean, like, your brain? Like, what mindset? That's no, I don't. Ooh, that's a pretty good one. Mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I just mean like I think if you looked at me and you thought I was an athlete, you'd think I was like a Empire Sports wood chopping guy. I don't think I look like any. <laughs> you mean like there's no like you wouldn't look at that guy and go that guy plays baseball. No hipster nerds with fucking glasses and beards are playing baseball, right? Like yeah, I, you could be like a relief pitcher. I'd have to be a real specific type of thing. Hey. I think no, I think it'd be some weird like oh this guy's like a professional log chopper or something. It looks like a lumberjack. Yeah, I mean, Do I'm, I, mean? Just, I don't know if they were asking. I don't know if they were counting that among professional athletes when <laughs> right. they asked their question. Right. Um, I mean, I, it's got to be football player for me. My head is big as shit. 
You're a big boy. Like, there's just no, there's nothing, you know what I mean? There's no two ways around it. If you it, told right? somebody that you played in the NFL, they didn't know you. I think you could, someone would believe it. I used to wear, when I was younger, um, I would wear, sometimes I had some different t-shirts that were just like college football teams. Mm-hmm. I just liked them because they were like plain colored, like <laughs> I it said, too. like Penn State, or it just said, you know what I mean? Like, it was a color scheme, and I never cared enough about like college yeah. football or college sports to like have any allegiances. Like, I'm not wearing another baseball team shirt. I'm wearing the Yankees and that's it. But, like, college football, I'm like, yeah, whatever. And I, yeah. would, I would have people stop me so and be weird. like, oh, do you play for... Like, if I was wearing a Syracuse shirt or a Penn State or anything that, like, seemed like it was kind of up around here, I've been stopped and be like, oh, do you play at Penn State? And I'm like, oh, I just know as a t-shirt. Was that a fashion thing for a while? Because for whatever reason, when we were growing up, I had a Michigan Wolverines t-shirt that I wore all the time, and I had no allegiance to the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, it was a it. crossover from being, when you're when we were young kids, like, when we were growing up, uh, sports gear and sports branded stuff was big. Think about jerseys and champion yeah. and starter. So you had a lot of it, and I think it was just natural evolution out of, like, when you were a kid and you were buying clothes for yourself. I think that athletics and athletic wear with, like, just base fonts on it was kind of a comfortable direction to sort of branch out. and was pretty yeah. accessible because it was always around. You would always have it. It was just kind of, you know, one of the things, like, a lot of people have. Yeah. I think if you asked anybody who was, like, of an age around that time, everybody had, like, <laughs> miscellaneous sports gear, especially college teams because there's so many of them. Do you remember those dumb hats? They were hot when we were growing up. They're like the college hats that just said like a word. Like it would say like the guy everyone had was this Carolina Gamecocks one just said yeah, cox yeah, yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. Vols, cuse. That sure. was a hot thing. You went to like a lid store, they had every college hat. For sure. Yeah, yeah. So get those. Then people would game. distress the edges. You remember people distressing oh, the brims? Distress the edges. Distressing the brims of like their um, American Eagle dad hats. I remember that very well. Oh yeah, do you? Any Quite confessions well. you want to make here on the podcast? I think you can pick out <laughs> what I'm getting at. Uh, all right, so uh, that's it. That's all I got for you guys this week. Good stuff. Uh, thank you guys for joining us once again. Thanks to Justin for coming in. Shout out to Heather. Shout out to Heather. She brought us cookies. She, she did. Missed, yo, she we haven't did. we haven't talked about it enough on the show. She misses being on the show more than I miss having her here, and I miss having her here a lot because uh. I enjoyed having that her her unique input on our conversations. Always. And she is definitely like she wants to come back. She knows she can't, but she wants to. She's ready. It's tough. And I appreciate it. I haven't eaten the cookies you gave us yet. I'm going to. I can't wait. Uh, so thank you to Heather. And again, congratulations to Justin and Kate and all the Maiden Utica crew for six years. We've done it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kev. Shout out to everybody. Good to, good survived. To, good to be out here. It is good to be I'm out weak. here. I'm yeah. Weak. Graduated, man. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it. That's, I mean, I'm, you, I feel like you're kind of jinxing yourself right now because you technically have a couple more days and you have to transmit these files. I mean, they're in there. They're already... The files have been transmitted. Submitted. The Everything. eagle has landed. Yeah. Yeah. So you got nothing left to do. Unless I get some sort of response that says, hey, you're missing a thing here or there. Oh, but so you don't like none of that portfolio stuff? None of that. So that's an interesting one. I don't know if we should talk about this in the show, but... Yeah. No, okay. So here's one... Uh, folks, you, thanks for listening I'll, or just stick around. I'll give, you one, I'll give you one last piece of education. Woodstock lives. Tapes are rolling. Yeah. Sam's going to talk about education. Uh, <laughs> so... The, one of the things you build when you go to become a teacher right. is you build something called a education or teaching portfolio. Yeah, yeah. And what a portfolio is is essentially a living yeah. document, if anyone mm-hmm. knows that, and it changes all the time. So I had essentially forgotten that I have been working on this portfolio off and on since 2016, mm. right? Because I've been taking teaching classes this whole time. So every time I'm taking teaching class, I've been dumping stuff into this portfolio. Yeah, yeah. So I finished the assignment on Sunday night, like the hard writing part, and I go to open up the portfolio and I'm scrolling through it. I'm like, oh, shit. This is like done, done. Like there's no, I don't know. I don't have anything in here to put. Love like, to see it. Like transcripts, all my stuff is already updated. All my lesson plans for this year are already transmitted. Like I have everything I need on here, and I'm just, and I sat in my front of my computer, and I had attached the file, and I sat there with my finger on the submission button. And I was just like, I, I 
It's so fucking weird. Oh, you should so we- You should have gone live on Instagram. Ah, <laughs> that's, that's right. Middle uh, of the night, I'm graduating. Graduating, For all the folks uh, that are listening, that must have been wild. So it's done, done. Congratulations, then, on your graduation. I don't feel any less stress. Is that weird? It hasn't totally sunk in yet. I think because I'm still going to have to, like, talk to my professors about everything and all that kind of stuff. Like, there's still more conversations to have. And even though the assignments, I feel, I still... It's because the stress comes from within, not the project. It's project, a deep-lying pro- neurosis. Is a symptom, not yeah. a cause. Yeah, It's yeah. <laughs> a great point. I mean... Uh, yeah, so there you go. More info on that next week when I'm totally 100,000%... Next week, graduation episode. Party. A graduation party We'll bring it on... Yeah, we'll have a graduation party on the air. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I'm into uh, that. Shout out to Justin for coming in again. Thanks for coming, buddy. Appreciate you. Uh, follow Kevin at underscore Kevin Sullivan. Follow me at SF Doom. Follow Heather at Heather Waz. One, she's having a lot of fun on Twitter. Uh, or just follow the show at Uticast. Uh, sign our humanoids keep it tight uh, Woodstock lives uh, take machines are rolling we are desperately out of time and of course as always we will see you next week as we count down to our five year anniversary we'll be right back.